Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michaud and today we're going to be talking about Saturn and Pisces. I hope that you're doing well out there today. I thought I would come on and answer any questions that you have about Saturn's ingress into a new sign. Um, we've been going through a lot of changes as Saturn has been moving through its own domiciles of Capricorn and Aquarius. And now Saturn is visiting Jupiter's Yin domicile. So that should bring quite a shift in our consciousness. So I wanted to take some time here today to start, you know, engaging with this process. It's going to be a long-term process. As you know, Saturn is a planet that um, takes its time and goes slow and requires patience. And um, we're going to be kind of asking ourselves a lot of questions about um, our vision, our sense of purpose and meaning, and how we can reconcile our inner and outer realities. Um, so, you know, I wanted to point you all to a, a, a treatment of this that I did with my good friend Shu Yap on her channel, Inner Cycle Astrology. I'll be talking about some of the similar things that I talked about with her today, but I hope to be able to maybe personalize it a little bit for all of you. And um, yeah, hope that you're all doing well out there. The Saturn and Pisces vibes are coming in I wouldn't say hot or heavy coming in with like, you know, sort of like you're trying to breathe underwater. That's how I've been feeling lately. It's a little bit of like a, you know, oh my God, I've got to learn how to swim in these new emotional waters. Um, so a couple announcements before we kind of dive into it. First of all, if you have a question today, put it in the chat. Um, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel if you are new here. Um, if you want to make a material donation to the work I'm doing here today, you can buy me a super chat or a super sticker with a little dollar sign in the chat, or you can buy me coffee with buymecoffee.com. Um, I do have a couple things in the store right now. Uh, I'm going to show you some of my slides from the Deccans of Pisces webinar today, but that is uh, on sale um, for 20% off in the store. If you want to get the full treatment of the Deccans and Pisces, uh, you can click the link in the description of this video or go to spencermichaud.com. I also have a new webinar up uh, in the store uh, called Stars and Cards, Using Tarot as an Astrological Storytelling Device. This was a talk I gave for Nightlight Astrology a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so now, but that's now up in the store for purchase, and you'll be able to get the audio, video, and uh, PDF of the slides if you purchase that as well. I made that on sale for 20% off for, until the end of March, so pick that up. Um, for a discount um, in the weeks ahead. Okay, so I'm just going to welcome some friends here today. I hope that you're doing well out there. I'm feeling a little, I'm just feeling a little tired today. Just this is the Saturn and Pisces vibe. It's where it's just like, oh, you know, <laughs> it feels a little bit like heavy and sleepy and uh, all of those things. Cookerzilla is here saying, caught the live finally. Hello, friend. Nice to see you. Um, Lynn McMillan is here from Vermont. Hello, Lynn. It's always nice to see you, friend. Uh, hey, Nancy is here. Hello, Nancy. Nice to see you here from Maryland. Happy Friday. Um, creating Harmony Khadija is here from South Louisiana. Hello, friend. Um, Nanda Devi is here from Tennessee. Hello, Nanda Devi. Jody is stopping in from South Florida. Um, yeah, really nice to see some familiar faces in the, in the chat today. Um, Cookerzilla is kicking us off with a question saying, hey, Spencer, how do you think we can utilize Mars and Cancer with our watery Saturn overlord? Well, that's a good question. Um, 
we'll get to that. <laughs> let's 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 break down Saturn first, and then we'll see how they're playing with the other planets. Um, but my initial thoughts is that Saturn is in the let's see, Saturn's in the overcoming position to Mars. So Saturn's sort of in the pole position in that relationship, and we'll we'll look at that in the chart. Um, but Mars is in a debilitated position according to traditional dignity in Cancer, where it might not be able to do exactly what it wants to do with the resources it's normally used to. And what Mars likes to do is move uh, unimpeded quickly towards a goal, where with Mars and Cancer, we may have to take a circuitous route, where we may have to go a little bit sideways, a little bit forward, a little bit backwards. And Saturn and Pisces may help us to figure out our why before we take action. Um, I think that's going to be one of my talking points today is Saturn in Pisces is going to make it necessary for us to examine our personal mythologies, the stories that we tell ourselves that will uh, either help create our reality or that may block a creation of reality. They may keep us from a dream or they may be instrumental in helping to manifest that dream into reality. So I think that one of the main things I'll say about Saturn and Pisces is some dreams will die during this period of time and other ones will concretize and be made real. Uh, so I think that that's the first thing that I will, I will say about that. Um, we've got some more folks stopping in in the chat. Oh, I love it. Edwina is here. Hello, Edwina. Nice to see you, friend. Beth is joining us. Hello, Beth. Hello, Fion. Um, says, I didn't think I'd be tuning in, but I'm waiting for this for plane. To oh, you're on a plane to take off for over an hour. Well, uh, Fionn's leaving on a jet plane. Hopefully we can keep you uh, from getting too bored in the, <laughs> in the queue there. Um, Khadija says, how do you feel like this transit will start considering Jupiter is in Aries for our first three months of this? It's a great question, Khadija. I think that my first thoughts on that are that those two planets do not witness each other in the beginning of this cycle. So I do think that there it will be a little bit of confusion to, to begin. I think that Saturn is not going to be getting the type of support from its planetary host that it normally would expect to get. So there may be a little bit of disconnect between Jupiter's desire and Aries to expand our personal sense of sovereignty and individual willpower and Saturn's, you know, energy within, um, within Pisces to question and bring to an end some of the, the, the narratives that don't serve us any longer, or again, to bring some of them into reality. So I really do think that we may see a lot more movement when Jupiter moves into Taurus and is able to witness uh, the planet Saturn by a whole sign sextile. So I do think we're in sort of a, um, a fact-finding mission right now. I don't know if it's time for action. I think we are being given a new story. And I'll, I'll, I, will, I will do you all a favor today, and I'll go through each individual house with Saturn and talk about what narrative might need to be shift, shifted uh, with this. Because I don't know about all of you, but like, I, I felt it immediately. When, when Saturn changed signs, there was a whole new story that began um, I, we shifted away in my personal chart. I shifted from seventh house issues directly into an eighth house issue. And I, I got some information about an eighth house challenge that I'll probably be working through with, you know, uh, for the next few years, I'm guessing. 
and and you might be having an experience like this too where the 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 cards are being reshuffled at this point and we're still trying to make sense of it and especially in a in a sign that can lead to some confusion can lead to some disappointment you know and i think that we're still living into those answers okay Illis J is here, my fashion consultant. Illis J, <laughs> what do you think about my my uh, hoodie and gray combo? Illis <laughs> J in the last live stream was telling me about a, a a sort of wardrobe styling where you pick pieces that all are interchangeable. Um, I can't remember the word that you used, but uh, I looked that up, and that's a great idea. And that I would love to be able to do that, be able to like have different pieces I can mix and match. So thanks for. Uh, the style advice, friend. Susanna is here from Finland. Hello, Susanna. Lily Tegan is here from South Africa. Very cool. Uh, that's I, That might be a new name in the chat. I'm sorry if you've already checked in once before, but that's neat to see you here. Uh, any thoughts on Saturn in the second house? Yeah, Lily, I'll go through, I'll go through each of the houses um, individually as we go through this talk today. So I will, I will definitely get to that for you. Fiance says, I'm going to be in Amsterdam, but they're bl blaming the French for the delay. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> like, why wouldn't they? Um, okay. Um, all right. So, Fian, I hope that you make it to your destination in time. Um, okay. Yes. We have the, yes, capsule wardrobe. Yes, yes, Khadija. Yes, a capsule wardrobe. I'm working on my own capsule wardrobe here, which is great because I don't really want to have to think about getting dressed in the morning. But I, you, you're catching me on a Friday, so I am wearing green today in honor of Venus. Uh, I thought about doing this live stream on a Saturday to, in honor of Saturn, but it just worked out this way. But I have been wearing different colors for the different planetary days of the week, and that's been kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Rachel is here. Hello, Rachel. Thank you for joining us here today. Okay, so friends. Let's talk a little bit about both Saturn and Pisces first. Let me give you a big overview, and then I will start going through the, the houses. So there are themes that everyone is going to be experiencing with Saturn in Pisces. And we, what we really need to do is put on our astrologer hats and be able to kind of see um, what Saturn means really first. And then what Pisces means and, and how we're going to start to integrate those things. And then we can start layering decans and tarot on top of that. Um, but we just have to think about Saturn first. What does is, what is Saturn represent? What are we working with? What planet planetary influence are we working with? We're working with a planet that is often called the Greater Malefic, okay, which is a little bit of a scary name. Generally, it is a planet that was not conducive to supporting life in ancient astrology. Um, if you think about it, in like a, a temperamental way. It was a very cold planet. Um, some ancient astrologers thought of it as a dry planet. There are some arguments that could be made that it is a damp planet uh, and, and very feminine on some level as well. But let's just stick with the cold and dry for now. A cold planet will slow things down. A dry planet will separate things and split them apart. So we have something that is a slow kind of like rotting energy on some level like think of the frost on the fields uh think of like a slow death <laughs> you know like think of like a something that is uh creating barriers to success potentially but also can inspire us to overcome challenges i think that this is some one of the gifts of saturn is it is a planet of consequences 
So if you think about your previous actions, you may be reaping, like this is, they call Saturn the great reaper, you may be reaping the either the benefits or the consequences of your actions as Saturn moves through Pisces, um, and especially in that house that it has come up in. So Saturn also is a planet that that casts things into exile. It makes us feel isolated. It makes us feel alone. It makes us feel cast out. Um, it, it can also be a planet that is related to feelings of decay, but also concretization. Um, Saturn is a planet that eliminates options to make one of those options real. And I think that this is the thing that can be challenging when we have Saturn in a mutable sign, is oftentimes mutable signs are about expanding options. At least the, the young ones are, like, like Gemini. And sometimes I would say that Saturn in, or just uh, Sagittarius in general could be about exploring options as well. Um, but here we're going to be having a planet that's going to say, you're going to have to let go of some of these things. You know, maybe you've had the chance to explore in this area of your life, and now it's time to get real. It's time to have a sobriety check. And this is a, a, a little bit of a strange placement for Saturn, because Pisces wouldn't be the first um, sign that I would describe as sober, <laughs> would you? <laughs> like, it seems like Saturn's in a place that is um, where the line between reality and dream is blurry. It is a planet that dissolves boundaries. So what do we do when we have a planet that is trying to build walls in a plan in a sign that prefers to dissolve them? I mean, there's the there's the paradox that we have with some of this, and those are the th some of the questions that we're going to have to answer as we move forward through Pisces. What else? Boundaries, darkness, cold, separation, maturation. Right? It requires us to, to maybe grow up in an area of our life. Um, opposition. In the Thema Mundi, uh, the Saturn was in opposition to the two lights, the sun and the moon, in that philosophical natal chart of the world, which was a teaching tool for ancient Hellenistic astrologers. So we can think about something where we may be having to balance out or reconcile some opposites that are difficult to, to unite. Like this is where we just have like, you know, we have to agree to disagree sometimes with Saturn. Um, I think one of the secret things that I've found with Saturn, and I base this on the uh, its exaltation in Libra, is I think that if we think of Saturn in Libra and at that as one of its most powerful places, and we also consider that ancient philosophers called Saturn a planet of nemesis, who was a goddess that restored right proportion. Um, we can think of Saturn as a planet of balance. We can think of Saturn as a planet that increases that which is lacking and decreases that which is excessive. I think that's a really important point to make because Saturn does not always just deny things. Um, it requires us to, to uh, bring something back into harmony, bring something back into equilibrium. And sometimes it requires us to do something, right, rather than not do something. Um, it is also a planet of fears. So we may have some things that come up with Saturn and Pisces that are related to what we fear collectively. Um, it may exacerbate some things that were festering underneath the surface. Uh, Saturn also rules things that are under the ground, um, that are, you know, it was an agricultural planet. 
I do think that we're probably going to see some changes in our relationship to the element of water, the oceans in particular. I've been reading some articles recently about um, it's about these these agreements that have been made um, cross continentally and cross culturally about uh, some boundaries and some limits about how we use our oceans about uh, how to establish sanctuaries for animals and for resources and limit the amount of fishing and pollution in the oceans and start to clean up the oceans. I've seen some other articles about um, some new technology that's helping to remove plastics from the oceans. I think that's going to be a Saturn issue. I think that we're probably going to be dealing with um, our drinking water supply and the dwindling resources that we're having in certain parts of the of the world where we are seeing a lack of water due to drought. We may also see water becoming very destructive with flooding. Um, in my own area, we had lots of icy rainstorms that, that destroyed a number of branches on our trees that, of course, if you've been following the channel, you know that I've, I was without power and electricity and heat for almost seven days. Uh, because of a branch that fell off our tree in the backyard and took out our power line. So again, that's like the destructive power of water, like cold water <laughs> is very destructive. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and how, what do we do about that? Well, how do we bring that back into balance once again? Um, Saturn is a planet of melancholy. Saturn is a planet that can feel heavy, can feel like it's a weight on our shoulders. And we may have to look at the area of life that is moving through and think about the weight of our feelings, the weight of our emotions, the weight of our desire to unify with a divine consciousness, with the one, with the, um, I don't know, with the immaterial on some level. So that may feel heavy. We may feel like we are over some phase of our life where we, it's, there's something that's no longer bringing us satisfaction and it causes us to go off on a journey, much like Odysseus, which is one of the, the myths that I talk about in my Deccan's webinar, trying to find their way home. Like, what is home? There is a, a distinct uh, urge to return to the source in Pisces. So we may feel like uh, a responsibility to return back to source, whether it's our own source, whether it's the collective source. So there are probably going to be themes where we're feeling that weight of finding meaning in our lives. Saturn also relates to the, the, the blueprint that we are organizing collective agreements with. Um, that's interesting to me because, you know, I really love this book, Seven Classical Planets by Charles Obert. And in it, he talks about Saturn as the, the, the planet that allows us to see the, the, the platonic form, the idealized form of something. Whereas Jupiter, the ruler of, of Pisces here that we're, we're working with, uh, is the planet that would beget the multiplicity of forms from that blueprint. So you think about we have an idealized, I always use the example that Plato would use like the idealized horse, the idea of a horse that doesn't have specifics behind it. But Jupiter will say, okay, I'm going to make a polka dot horse. I'm going to make a white horse. I'm going to make a tall horse. I'm going to make a short horse, a skinny horse. He's going to beget all these things from that original design. So when Saturn's in 
a new sign. It's going to be working with new material to, to beget forms. And this is, this is where it gets really fun, I think, and interesting. Um, some of our dreams are going to be beget into reality. Some of our visions, some of our artistic, most artistic and idealized visions are going to come into reality. Whereas when Saturn was moving through its own domiciles, we saw a lot of limitations. We saw a lot of physical limitations um, when Saturn moved through Capricorn. We saw a lot of uh, distance that was created when Saturn was moving through Aquarius. We, we of course, were got, getting familiar with social distancing and and going off to our own corners of the world. And some of those boundaries might be dissolving as we get into Saturn and Pisces, for better or for worse. Um, there may be some things where that creates problems, and there may be things where that reunifies us with one another. Okay, so we've got the social blueprint of Saturn. We're going to eliminate excesses. We talked about that with Nemesis, right? Increasing that which is lacking, eliminating that which is excessive. We can think of Saturn and Pisces maybe as um, Pisces is also related to a desire to escape reality, whether that's through our imagination, through fantasy, whether it's through uh, substances, whether it's through like psychedelics or, or drugs or things of that nature. We can see the consequences sometimes of an excessive escape from reality. You know, there's, I, I don't begrudge anybody wanting to go to a land of enchantment. This is something that my partner and I talk about. Let's, you know, whenever we're tired of the real world for a while, we're like, let's go to a land of enchantment, basically. Let's watch a movie. And, um, but what I will say is that there is a, mod, a moderation is the key, especially with Saturn. Humility is the key. It's one thing to watch a movie after a tough day of taking care of your responsibilities. It's another to go on like a six-day bender of not getting dressed or going out of your house and watching movies for six days in a row while you're smoking some joints and eating brownies all day long. <laughs> like, like I said, those things in moderation, probably not the worst thing in the world. But what I will say is that if you become excessive with your desire to escape, and these, these are all themes that we could bring in with like the things like the, the metaverse, um, things like AI technology even, and like figuring out what is real and what isn't, and going off into like things, I'm th something that's popping in my mind is like Second Life, right? Uh, that, that kind of like role-playing game where you have created in a whole entire life that is not, that is a, in a completely different world. So how do we find moderation and balance within that? How do we, what, if we become excessive with that desire to return home or escape what is real, quote unquote, um, how are we going to, what are the consequences of that? If you go off on one of these escapism benders, eventually, and this is what I, I try to teach people or re remind myself of, because I, I was a daydreamer as a child. I, it would be times where I was in math class and I would just be staring out the window and, and there'd be an hour later and I just was like, I didn't hear any of that. I was, I was completely somewhere else. And the consequences of that was I didn't get a very good grade in math in middle school, <laughs> like, right? Like I was very lost and it was hard to get caught up. And then the same thing goes if you, you indulge in those escapist tendencies. How severe is the snapback of reality going to be for you? 
I've often found this when I ignore something, if I if I avoid something, and again, water is a is an element that likes to go around obstacles. It likes to pool its resources and then spill around a boulder that's in its way. It's not necessarily directly confrontational. So if there's something in your life that you've been avoiding, and you avoid it and avoid it and avoid it, I'm thinking of my Piscean father too. He was he was very conflict averse, and he would avoid a conflict until it became a much bigger conflict and then he couldn't avoid it right um, and i'm sure we're all guilty of this on some level if we have piscean placements or if, you know even if we're just under the influence of a piscean transit or influence um the snapback to the 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 challenging circumstances can be really tough and so again i think that's one of the things i i, I think is important with pisces and saturn is how do we um, make sure that we're setting limits to our desire to escape on some level? Um, I'm thinking also about a talk I had with Shu Yap of Inner Cycle Astrology, where she was talking about the formation of the organization Alcoholics Anonymous, which is a specific organization that talks about how do we create responsibility around substances and how do we seek out a higher power to be able to create structure within our life and to eliminate the excesses that have led to um, abusing something like alcohol. Uh, so just one kind of thought on that. Um, Saturn slows us down. It requires patience and plotting. It, it, those blockages that we're talking about take time to resolve. Like That's why if you didn't just feel the whole world change overnight when Saturn moved into Pisces, it's because those things are going to be revealed to you over time. I mean, I'm sure that there's something in your life that felt different when Saturn moved into Pisces, and I'd love to hear about it in the chat here. Um, let's see. So bindings and confinements. Bindings are something that either prevent action, okay, so we're bound from, from taking the action, or a binding can compel us towards an action. So again, you may feel like you don't have any choice but to find a deeper meaning. You don't have any choice but to dissolve the boundaries that, that you have between your vision and what is real. You may not have any choice to clean up the oceans or maybe that will, the, the destruction of our water systems could have so many ramifications that we don't have any choice but to be responsible in that regard. Saturn also represents oaths and promises and obligations. So again, we talk about being bound to something, the promises that we've made that we have to now fulfill. Saturn is also a planet that creates, tests, and destroys solid arrangements. So this could be, again, this is Saturn testing the arrangement of a amorphous vision of your emotions, of your stories that you tell yourself that you've crafted your reality around. Oftentimes, we talk about creative visualization. And some in some New Age philosophies, they believe that if you, you can visualize it, it can be manifested into reality. I believe that to a point. I also believe that there are certain limitations that we live within as being incarnated into this physical reality. And we're going to be testing out how we co-create during this period of time. 
are we limiting ourselves due to the stories and the narratives and the mythologies and the symbols that we accept as real into our life? Pisces is a sign that speaks in metaphorical languages rather than in uh, literalness. So how do we see the meaning behind what is said rather than what is actually said? Okay, so that's, that's a breakdown of Saturn. I'm going to take a moment to pause and take a look at the chat. I love all these beautiful comments here. Just going to see if there's anything. Uh, yeah, really great to see all of you here today. Um, we've got some fians telling the story of the the air the French airline <laughs> issues. I hope that gets resolved quickly, friend. Um, BB Skaja is here. Hello. Uh, found found through Spotify and finally found you live on YouTube. Yay, love your podcast. Well, thank you, friend. Welcome. Nice to see a new a new face in the crowd here today. Rachel Fletcher is here, joining from rainy Roanoke, Virginia. Welcome, Rachel. Nice to see you. Um, Illis J is giving us some more info on a capsule wardrobe. <laughs> it's a Saturn wardrobe and a Jupiter wardrobe. Uh, it says... Capsule wardrobe is a Saturn wardrobe and a Jupiter wardrobe is shares dry cleaner esque closet in Clueless. <laughs> okay, I'll have, to, I'll have to go back and watch Clueless to really understand that reference, but <laughs> it's fun. Again, you know, we've got our resident fashion advisor here today and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Steven, the Jupiterian is here. Hello, friend. Um, yes, let's see, let's see. Uh, 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 uh. Majestic Macon is here. Nice to see you here from Pakistan joining us. Thank you, friend. Okay, thank you, Rachel, for the compliments. Mortal and Wild is here. Hello, friend. Nice to see you. Blimey, I, have actu I actually caught you live and still alive after your deep freeze, too. Yes, I am still here, although a little bit worn down from the struggle. I will have to admit my energy levels lately have been a little bit low and... Uh, I'm looking forward to potentially some rest soon. And I think that as a collective, Saturn and Pisces is going to ask us, how can we find that, that rest where we don't have to force our agendas or force ourselves to keep going all the time? And how do we balance out doing versus being? I think that's another thing to think about. Um, Rachel said, this day Saturn changed signs, I had a very dream day walk, daydream walk in a beautiful park on my way to an appointment. It was so peaceful and wandering, but I did lose track of time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is a very Piscean uh, experience. And again, we, we may have reached our limit with consciousness, <laughs> right? With rationalness. Saturn in, in uh, Aquarius is very rational. It's very detached. And we may have reached our limits with detachment. We may have reached our limits with rationalism and intellectualism. I know for me, part of the experience of Saturn moving into Pisces is, and this was happening for a while, but feeling a little bit burnt out on overthinking everything and figuring out how do I get back to uh, being responsible for my emotional stability, be responsible for the feelings that maybe I've been detached from for the last few years. I mean, in my personal life, uh, you know, my mom passed away last year. And I think that you go through different coping mechanisms to figure out how to deal with that. And as Saturn has moved into my eighth house of 
of death and the things that happen after death, I, I have a feeling that there will be some more work that needs to be done to come to terms with it, to accept it, and to just feel my feelings around it. And so if we talk about Eighth House Matters, that could be one signification is how do you come to terms with someone passing in your life and everything that comes after that and the responsibilities that come after someone has passed. Um, and I'll go through these houses individually in a second. Um, but yes, thank you, friends, for your, your kind words. I, you know, again, when you have loss in your life, you, there are different ways that people deal with it. And um, I don't know, there's, for me, what I'm feeling lately with Saturn and Pisces is just a little bit of like the, the tide coming in, the flood coming in. Um, I've been watching a lot of my old music performances for whatever reason and, and remembering that music was a um, emotional steam valve for me. Uh, this week, I, I gotta admit, I don't know about all of you, maybe it's all the Aries stuff. I've been in kind of a bad mood this week. I've been frustrated with a lot of things. I've, I've started having some accidents in my home. Like yesterday, I was having sort of a bad day and I, the, the top came off of my leftovers that I was about to heat up. Uh, and as a Taurus moon and a Cancer sun, I was already very hungry. <laughs> I just like, I just screamed, fuck, at the top of my lungs when this, all my leftovers just fell out of my hand and spilled all over the floor. And um, not to be disgusting, but I ate it anyway. I heated it up and burned off all the nasty stuff. And <laughs> like I just didn't have that. That seemed like a very Pisces, Saturn and Pisces of like, of like just an acceptance that that was where we were at that day. Um, and, you know, I think that that might be something we're getting, getting towards is how do we deal? How do we get responsible with our feelings? How do we deal with something that has the overwhelm of just feeling everything that we have been going through the last few years. You know, friends, we've been through a lot as a collective, not just me with the loss that I've experienced. Everybody has been experiencing loss over the past few years. And sometimes that we, we've, we try to compartmentalize it to be able to function, but sometimes it can come back and it can cir circle back on us. And if we haven't really dealt with it, it can manifest in weird ways. I know as a water sign person myself, sun and mercury and cancer, and I'm sure that this is a Piscean trait as well. I will tend to get upset about things that um, are indirectly related to what I'm actually upset about and things will compound. Think of the water that where there's a little bit of water over here and it, it comes together with the bigger pool of water. You've got the initial thing that's making you upset. And then all these other things like attach themselves because water is, is, um, Oh, I don't know. I don't know the scientific term, but like it attaches itself to other parts of water. And each of those little pools and drops add to the frustration until one day it just bubbles over. It just overflows. And I think that's what we're, we're thinking about here a little bit as well. As I dropped my leftovers on the floor, I then was so mad that I, and I was just stumbling around with, with food rage, uh, that I knocked over the, um, my cat's water dish and spilled water all over the floor. It was just, I was spiraling. I was in a rage spiral. <laughs> like, and I was hungry. This is, this is what you should know about Taurus, Taurus types in general. Like 
we're fairly placid folks unless we're very hungry or tired <laughs> and then we're not really very nice um but yeah so i'm looking at the chat it sounds like people have uh can relate to this experience okay let me look at this here Rachel says, I've experienced Saturn testing existing structures in my eighth house. I'm curious to see how this works in my ninth. Yeah, well, it's it's going to be a shift for sure. Um, Shez is here. Shez Creatrix or Shea Creatrix. I don't, I don't know if it's a silent Z or not, but hi from Australia. Nice to see you, friend. Uh, Steven says, my partner had a mishap this morning with the car and its oil cap hit a pothole. Oh, no. So, yeah, maybe more just annoyances this week. Um, let's see. Melancholy. Nancy also said, yeah, I had an explosive, so annoying Scorpio rising Pisces sun. Yeah, maybe you had an experience like that where emotions just overflowed this week. Cookerzilla says, I was very angry first time in a while, Tuesday and Wednesday. Pisces makes us feel again. Yes, <laughs> that's true. All those feelings, they just come to the surface. That's, that's what I've been getting at here. Rachel says, those effort moments are needed, a needed release. Usually it's from the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yes. And you know what's interesting, Rachel? My animal of the day yesterday was the camel. I always pick an animal every day along with my card. And that was my, that was my animal, was the camel. So um, really interesting to hear that in your analysis here. Um, Stephen is kicking faucets this morning. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Let's see. Shay says, or Shez says, uh, I've been feeling tension just in the last couple of days. Yeah, me too. Uh, just a lot of, maybe it's part of, partly the full moon. Um, yeah, cohesiveness of water. Yes, Carol, thank you. Hangry, Lynn says, totally relate. Yeah, yeah. Beth says, this is reminding me that on a day of transit, I drove past a grove of oak trees I'm fond of and saw that they were being cut down. I immediately released my rage by screaming myself hoarse. Yeah, totally. I've been so upset about the trees in our neighborhood too that have really, really had a rough time. There's been, I, I take a lot of walks in my neighborhood and I feel like in addition to the cats and dogs and neighbors, I know more cats and dogs than neighbors, I think in my neighborhood. I know the trees. When I pass the trees, they are friends. They are familiar. They are spirits. And to see them suffering after this really nasty ice storm was really painful. And um, yeah, that, I, I can relate to that, that feeling, Beth. And especially when we see an innocent like a tree being abused for our own benefit, that's another thing that I, I, can, I can share that righteous anger through that. Uh, LSJ says, oh God, the cat water bell bowl. <laughs> I've been there, yeah, stupid fucking bowl. Sorry, friends, this is gonna be a swear, a sweary day, <laughs> like, but... But yes, it is. It's just a booby trap, just sitting there, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, you never know when you're gonna trip over that cat water ball. And isn't that funny? That the, uh, that, that alone is a, a metaphor for the Saturn and Pisces energy, uh, the overflowing of water and emotions, dangerous water. <laughs> like, oh man, this all dissolving of the boundaries that held it in place. So we're always being spoken to from uh, another, uh, you know, the, the other plane of existence, I think. Jody says, if something isn't alienating in our life, Saturn will bring it to our attention and make us fix it. Yes, I agree. 
Uh, yes, Khadija says I cuss more too with Mercury and Pisces. Yeah, me too. I I just kind of let all my my f bombs fly <laughs> when Mercury is in Pisces. When anything's in Pisces, I've noticed when the Moon is in Pisces, I get really like the filter is gone. Like this is what I think Pisces does. It it removes filters, right? Um. Okay, friends, let's keep going. Let's start taking a look. I, I, I love that we've got questions about individual houses. I definitely will spend time with that today. So I'm not, I'm not ignoring those questions. I'm just trying to see if there's a method to our madness today. So Saturn in Pisces, it's it ingressed into Pisces on March the 7th. Uh, it will be moving through Pisces and it's turning retrograde in June and then turning direct again in October. It will be in Pisces through 2025, and then I believe it does a short ingress into Aries, and then it retrogrades back into Pisces from September of 2025 to February of 2026, okay? What is Pisces all about, right? We've been kind of getting the, the anecdotal Pisces, but we have a, a, a home of Zeus, a home of Jupiter, we have a place of journeys, an inner journeying because of its yin quality, uh, wandering, siren songs, melting boundaries, returning to undifferentiated awareness, escapism, dissatisfaction, search for meaning. It is the ninth house in the Thema Mundi, which is related to uh, journeys to find a sense of purpose, pilgrimages. So we may be going on our own sense of a pilgrimage to find meaning. Um, it is a place of dreams. It is a place of surrender. It is also a place of acceptance. Sometimes we have to, to be able to come to a place of satisfaction, which is one of the names of one of the Piscean cards. We have to accept what is possible and let go of what is not possible. Oftentimes when we have a dream or when we have an idealistic vision, we see the perfection of it. And of course, as you all have probably experienced, Living in these physical bodies, we have to make compromises when it comes to that dream sometimes, just by the very nature of the imperfection of being alive. Um, I wrote down this quote, not all who wander are lost, which is a quote from uh, the Lord of the Rings. Liz Green talks a lot about Aragorn, actually, with, with this, and, and him being a representation of the Piscean archetype, where he, he was a wanderer, he was a ranger, he was uh, denying his his royalty, like Jupiter was a king. And sometimes there is a, uh, a denial of our personal sovereignty in this, in this uh, sign as well. There is a, um, a desire to want to either victimize ourselves or others, um, or to feel like we are not empowered to, to release our sense of responsibility and power. And I think that that, that could be dangerous as well. How do we regain our power? Like, like another um, metaphor I have with Neo in the Matrix, where he has this sense of dissatisfaction, but he wakes up and he, and he learns that he can be a co-creator through telling himself a new story. Again, we've talked about uh, figurative language, drugs, metaphors, symbols, myths, magic, co-creation, the call of the cosmic ocean, collective unconscious, mysticism, facing fears of the unknown, liminal spaces, the in-between spaces, okay? Between worlds, the matrix, Neo learning to co-create, the savior and martyr complexes, disassociation, addiction, the junkie, but also the mystic, 
Okay, so there, these are all archetypes of, of expression. And you may have experienced some of them in your life and some of them may not be true for you. So there is, there, these symbols are multivalent. Uh, Tarya says, I was thinking that Virgo Moon must have been very pissed off because nobody noticed it and everybody's only talking about Saturn. <laughs> Probably. I mean, in my chart, Saturn's opposing like three Virgo planets. Um, so I'm definitely feeling it. But yeah, I didn't do a, a full moon in Virgo and <laughs> maybe it was punishing me for like ignoring it, as you say. Um, it's been a big week. It's there's been there's been some things going on that have been a new a page turn and and new challenges have arisen in in my own life and I'm sure that that's happened for some of you as well. And I think I'm in a processing phase of of trying to understand the new call, the new responsibilities that are being asked of me and um it's okay to feel a little bit confused at first. I think that there's a lot of confusion that comes when we have a new um a new agenda, a new uh, planetary influence where we're trying to parse out, what does this really mean for me? What do, what do we really need to do next? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Lynn says, I noticed the Virgo full moon. Yeah, Lynn's a Virgo sun, so yes. Uh, Carol, mortal and wild, says, the last Saturn in Pisces, I broke free, left workplace and decided only to work if it was fun. So did lots of movie extra work. I met the love of my life and had a great few years of total freedom. Well, yeah, that's another thing that I I, I can agree with, um, Carol, is that, you know, if we look at the tarot cards associated with Pisces, the first one that we see is someone leaving something behind. This is the Eight of Cups, where we see a figure going off into the, into the unknown, leaving behind eight cups of material success and saying, is, you know, these, this didn't really bring me joy. Where is my joy? Where is my sense of purpose? Where is my sense of self? So... Oftentimes, we can feel like we're just done with something when something moves into Pisces. I know when Jupiter moved into Pisces, I had been really grinding out daily videos for my channel, and that just wasn't working for me anymore. Like I, I felt like the quality of my work had started to suffer because I was trying to do too much, and I, I changed to this format where I do about once a week type of things, and I do them longer rather than just the shorter videos. So you can see that that was a leaving behind, even with Jupiter. And, and it might be even more intense with Saturn because Saturn is a planet that calls us to endings, right? So this card, you know, it's called the Labyrinth in Austin Coppock's 36 Faces. When we leave something behind that supported us, the structures that supported us, oftentimes we can feel confused. We can feel a little bit lost. So I do think that this, this week in particular, and, and as Saturn moves through the first decade, which it will be for many months, and it's going to be there for an extra long time because it's going to retrograde, right? So it's going to be in the first decan all the way at least till October when Saturn it moves direct again. It, I believe it's at seven degrees is where it, it turns retrograde in June. And then it will turn direct at zero degrees of Pisces in October. So we, again, we have probably uh, at least a year, I would say, of, of decan one Saturn. So T. Susan Chang calls this the farthest shore. And I think I think about siren songs. I've been post the song I posted for this talk today on my Instagram was um, a song that was written by Tim Buckley and covered by this mortal coil and Elizabeth Frazier. Um, I believe it's the Cocktoo Twins or something like that. Like 
uh, and it's called Song to the Siren. And, you know, it's really about that, that call of some kind of far off um, mystery where we, we just can't resist it. We're fe feeling pulled towards something, but we don't exactly know what it is. One of the themes with Odysseus that I think is so uh, brilliant, and that, and that that story really, I think, comes from both Liz Green and Ariel Gutman and their mythic uh, approach to astrology. If you don't know the story of Odysseus, Odysseus is a, a hero of the Trojan War who was said to be one of the most cunning of of kings and warriors rather than brute strength and um, he finds himself lost at sea and trying to return home after the war and he's getting pulled off course with all these distractions but he's he's trying to uh, you know through his faith return back to his wife and his wife is also exemplifying some of the Piscean themes of having faith that throughout all this time throughout all the separation that Odysseus is alive and will return. And, you know, one of the, you know, Odysseus is being called off by the, the sirens and having to avoid the, the lotus eaters and all of these things which make you forget. Uh, I think one of the challenges with Pisces is we can get ca called off of course really easily and we, we may get to a place of forgetting where it's, it's difficult to find what our really true sense of purpose is. But we have to sometimes surrender to a... Uh, a vision or a plan that we don't have, we don't always have rational connection to. Uh, when I talk to Piscean clients or when I'm experiencing a Piscean transit, oftentimes, and this is coming from someone who has three planets in Virgo, Jupiter, Mars, and Saturn, I like to do things a certain way. I like to be organized. I like to have a system. I enjoy the details obviously i mean look at these things like this is ev everything i do looks like this even if it's necessary or not often i find that the, the the universe the god the divine whatever you want to call it the Tao, has a different plan than mine and if i try to force my will i will suffer and i think that Part of the Piscean journey is coming into alignment with the Tao, which is really the alignment of nature, the alignment of the currents. It's much easier to flow with the current than to try to paddle upstream. You can paddle upstream, but you might not make it. You might exhaust yourself. And it depends on how bad you want it, I guess I will say. Uh, there have been times where I've swam against the current and I, just because I had to. But I find that life is easier when you surrender to wherever the divine is trying to take you. And knowing where that is and what that is takes takes practice. It takes experience. It, uh, it takes a, an, a consciousness that is not here in your brain. It's here in your heart, right? So that's sort of the Piscean energy. Of course, it's a water sign. It is a mutable or double-bodied sign. So we have two fishes that are swimming. And one is swimming up like there is an eastern and a western fish, and one is swimming up towards the heavens, the other is swimming along the ecliptic, and that can be representation a representation of aspiring towards a spiritual reality and then the mundane life on the ecliptic. And sometimes those things, they're tied together with a cord at, at their tails. Those things can often be in conflict with one another. So 
And there's myths about this too. Like there's myths of Aphrodite being turned, either turning someone into a fish or being turned into a fish to escape a monster. So there's also potentially the escapism that we feel could be due to trauma. I have often found that Piscean clients have had some traumatic experiences in their life, which causes them to question commitments, question their reality, question um, their stability. And oftentimes when we've experienced trauma, it's easier to leave than to subject ourselves to being hurt again. So I think that's something to consider when we're going through Saturn and Pisces again too, is have we closed ourselves off enough? Have, are we non-committal because we're afraid of being hurt once again? And I think that's, a, that's something to meditate on during this cycle as well. Okay, let me check this chat again. So many good comments. Love it. Pisces is, Rachel says, Pisces is okay with allowing the meaning to reveal itself gradually. Yes, and especially with Saturn. It's not going to be overnight. Um, Stephen says, last time Saturn was in Pisces, I began my studies to become a primary school teacher. In 95, I decided at a dual major of theater. Well, there you go. That's very Piscean theater. Uh, Khadija says, Saturn in the first decade for the rest of 2023 until early March 2024. Thank you. So that's, we've got good numbers on that. Um, Rachel is a fan of Song of the Siren. I used to do a cover of that song. I, I was taken by the Tim Buckley version, which I heard first, but I really like Elizabeth Fraser's as well. Um, yeah, Khadija says, has a Saturn at 10 degrees. So I'm very aware of the shift from Deccan 1 to 2. Absolutely. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Cookerzilla is feeling called upon as an artist to really get to work. Yes, this is a, a great time to make your your artistic vision real as well. Uh, it says, the farthest shore is a great thing to remember. Saturn has a shore for us far away. Yes, some a place where of home, right? Eventually Odysseus does return home and is reunited with his love or with the divine or whatever you want to call it, right? It's literally his partner, but it's a metaphor for something else, potentially. Rachel says, I have those three Virgo placements, but along with three significant Pisces planets. As I've gotten older, I've learned a lot more. I've, I've learned a lot more into, or leaned a lot more? Leaned a lot more into flowing with the Tao, finding the perfection in what is. Yes. She says, I forgot so much before. It was exacting and exhausting. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I do think both the Piscean tendency to escape and the Virgoian tendency to control are both trauma responses. And both of them are going to be challenged. If you have Virgo placements, your tendency to need to control something so that you don't feel out of um, alignment is going to be challenged by Saturn and Pisces, where you might not be able to do things the way that you've always done them. And if you're a Piscean type person, you may have to really examine the way that you show up for life and whether the escapist things that you do to avoid feeling hurt again are healthy or not. And remember this, hurt people hurt people. So this is another thing to keep in mind is compassion is very important during any major Piscean transit. 
sometimes when we can just have empathy for someone else and what they're going through, um, that can allow us to give someone some more latitude, give someone some more space and to really um, just hold space for them. And that understanding sometimes is enough to diffuse a conflict as well. All right. So let's pull up a chart. How about we take a stretch break first? Okay. I'm going to stretch out. We're at about the hour mark or so. And I will lead the way. I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you a favor. Please hit the like button on this video. Please subscribe to the channel if you are new. Please stretch out your aching joints and bones and get yourself a drink of water. Have a little snack. Be kind to yourself during this time. You know, this is uh, challenging stuff. Stretch out. You know, and if your little if your belly button comes out, so what? You know, if you get if you see a little peek behind the curtain of the Wizard of Oz, so be it. <laughs> like this, this is real talk. All right, there we go. Now I'm not uh, so small. All right, friends, let's take a look at this chart. Thank you so much for being here today. In this beautiful Libra moon, the exaltation of Saturn. Yeah, A. Nancy says, smash that like button. Yes, please do. I'm I, one of the other things I'm waiting on today. Just, just in my own like selfish escapism. Is 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 Aaron Rodgers gonna get traded? Come on, man, we've been waiting all week. <laughs> like my favorite quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it looks like he's out of, on his way out of town to the New York Jets, but it's just taken forever. So <laughs> we'll see. Sorry, but I digress. So let's just take a look. This is the chart of the moment. And we can see here there's Saturn at zero degrees of Pisces. As someone was mentioning earlier, Jupiter is its host and it's in Aries, but it is in aversion to its host right now. It is not able to witness. This is a blind spot. So both of those planets are kind of, they're, they're on their own at this point. But once uh, Jupiter moves into Taurus, there will be a line of sight between those two planets, and we might actually be able to gain some traction on some of the narratives that are being presented to us right now. So like here's, a, here's an example. Let's, let's just take a look at when Jupiter is going to move into Taurus so that you can see when we might be able to kind of have some support for our Saturnian journey. Oops, sorry, it's taking me a minute. So here is May 16th, and you can see now Jupiter is in Taurus, and it's going to be witnessing Saturn. So we may be feeling a little bit adrift for a few more weeks, about a month or so, and then we might really start to solidify our, our sense of purpose around this. But remember, we're going to have some, it's going to be up for review at, through the last second half of, of 2023 when, it turn, when Saturn turns retrograde. So you can see here also, let's take a look at Saturn's retrograde cycle. So here is June 17th, 
when Saturn turns retrograde, where is it? There it is, at 7 degrees of Pisces. This will be a fun one for me because it's exactly opposite my natal Jupiter, so that'll be great. I'll give you the update. <laughs> like, uh, and I don't think it'll be great, <laughs> but I, I'm just, uh, I'm not actually really super excited about Saturn and Pisces. Like, it's, it's making some challenging aspects to my own chart, um, but we'll live through it, you know? We'll live through it. And then Saturn is going to turn direct on November 4th. Okay, there it is. I said October, but it's November 4th here, uh, 2023. And then it will retrograde back again on June 29th, 2024, and then turn direct uh, on November the 15th of 2024. Okay, so let's go back to now. And I'm seeing some comments in the chat. Someone was mentioning the Jets. <laughs> like, yeah, Jolene's here. Yeah, Jolene. Jolene's my one of my fantasy football friends. Um, and uh, she's a Cardinals fan. Go Cards. But yeah, he's, he's probably headed to the Jets, friends. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know what's interesting about that? Now, I think I will be talking about this with my friends, uh, Kip and Adam, from the Astrology of Sports podcast on the Nightlight channel. But Aaron Rodgers, the ruler of his 10th house is Saturn. So right as Saturn is moving into a new sign, um, he might be moving on, right? Going through this eight, eight of uh, cups experience where he's moving on to a new situation, leaving his, his success with the Packers behind and either going off into retirement or going off to a new team potentially. But I'd, I really highly doubt he's coming back to the Packers, which and honestly, I'm okay with at this point. We got, we got a nice young quarterback that, uh, you know, I think it's his time. He's paid his dues. Jordan Love, the sun is actually on his natal Jupiter right now, so we'll see. And uh, yeah, Nanda Devi says the Raiders need a quarterback. Yes, send him to the Raiders. Give give us pick pick number seven in the first round. That'd be great. Let's start a bidding war. That'd be great for the Packers. But I digress. So. Let's start. Um, yes, <laughs> I love I love this crew. Lynn is asking, is there a Packers to the Jets quarterback pipeline forming? Yes, because if you didn't know the story, sorry for this if this is not your thing, but um, Brett Favre, the the legendary Hall of Fame quarterback from the Packers, was actually he he kind of wore out his welcome with his waffling over retirement and was traded to the Jets at the end of his career and then finally ended up in the Vikings. I've been joking with my friend Adam Ellenboss, who's a Vikings fan, that it's only inevitable that once uh, Rodgers goes to the Jets, he'll probably end up with the Vikings a year later. <laughs> like, so we'll see. It's, it is pretty interesting to see how faded that that um, kind of story is. And, that, and there's another successor coming after Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love, who had, has sat on the bench for a number of years just like Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench uh, following a legend. And to me, that actually has some significance because we have Jupiter and Saturn and the relationship between the two. And now we have Saturn and a Jupiter-ruled sign. That is a succession story, okay? So we, we have something where uh, Kronos was the Titan that swallowed all of uh, his children with Rhea and tried to prevent his one of his sons from usurping him there was like a prophecy that said one of your sons is going to overthrow you and he's like no i'm going to eat them all so i'm going to prevent them from doing that 
and Rhea hid away Zeus in like a, and gave Kronos a, or Saturn a rock instead and tricked him and raised him like, like a goat raised him over in, in hiding. And then Zeus returned and, and liberated his siblings and, and then went to war and became the new king. So this succession story is really interesting seeing it play out in the world of sports with Brett Favre to, to Aaron Rodgers and then now potentially to Jordan Love. So um, you can find this, types of, this type of meaning in anything. I just happen to really like sports. So that's, uh, I can see it in that as well. Okay, okay, okay. Sundancer is here talking to Rachel. Um, yeah, Julene says, if he has a rebirth of sorts, the Jets may have a good year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The Jets have a pretty good team. They just need a quarterback. It's fine with me. Just give us all your draft picks. <laughs> like, all right, so here's what I'm going to do, friends. I am going to take out all of the other planets, and I want to just take you through Saturn in the different houses. I promised I would do that, and here it is. Okay, so there's Saturn, and let's start out with Saturn in the first house. So I'm going to move Saturn. This is just a random chart where we can see Saturn in the first. So there's Saturn in the first house. Sound good, friends? Let's take you through it. We went through Saturn significations. We went through Piscean significations. Maybe I'll come on when Saturn moves into the second decan of Pisces, and we'll break that one down in even more depth. But again, the first phase of this is, is a dissatisfaction with our current reality to encourage us to go off into and wander to find a sense of higher purpose and meaning. And um, also causing us to reevaluate the narrative loops that we craft our life around and whether they are supporting us or whether they are actually, you know, keeping us in bondage, right? Or servitude or in unhappiness. So, okay, <laughs> funny. All right, so Saturn in the first house. I've had a few Pisces rising clients in the past few weeks and I've been talking about this with them. If we try to apply all of the themes that we've been working with, with Saturn and Pisces, the leaving something behind, the the concretization of a dream versus a having to let go of a dream that has proven to be just not part of our destiny or fate or reality. What are the themes of the first house? Well, the first house is the body. The first house is our personality or character. Uh, it is the our sense of self and how we um, how we see ourselves on some level. So there might be something where you as an individual are being asked to have a, a pretty intense reality check. Every time a planet like Saturn is in an angular house, which is one, four, seven, or ten, you are going to feel the influence of this planet much more intensely personally than if you had it moving through either a cadent house or a succeeding house. So here's our angular house. This is this is the angular first house. Okay, it's angular. That means it's that means that we feel it. it the, that planet has a lot of power and a lot of agency. Okay, and um, 
I just had an angular Saturn in the seventh house. And there was a lot of endings in my life. And there was a lot of growing up that had to happen with, um, you know, our, our relationships and like commitments and things like that. So, so you can see that happening. But when Saturn's moving through Pisces in the first house, you may feel like it's time for you to leave a persona behind to leave a sense of this is who I am and how I define myself because this isn't bringing you joy anymore. As a mutable rising, you may be already fairly changeable um, as far as like your, the way that you put yourself out in the world, your career, your partnerships, your home may, may already have this fluidity to it. Saturn is going to say, hey, you know, there's, how do you create stability around that? How do you leave behind some of the, the stories that, that you tell about yourself that are going to either limit you or that could eventually bring you happiness and satisfaction? Okay, so this is going to be really about just how you see yourself. And there may be some depression that comes and starts with that first. When, when we have Saturn in the first house, oftentimes the beginning of a Saturn growth cycle is the denial of something important to us. So you may say, I don't feel like being this anymore. Or you may have experience a rejection or an, an, an exiling that causes you to do the hard work to make the changes that are necessary in your life. And the other thing that I will say is that these transits don't happen in a vacuum. These transits are... Hap like whenever you get a Saturn transit, these situations have been building for a long time, okay? They're just coming to their their fruition. They're, they're ripening, okay? So, so you know that this isn't just like out of the blue, especially with a Saturn transit. Maybe if you have like a Uranus transit or something, but even those things, there are circumstances that are contributing to that shock that you may not be aware of, but they've been in process. That's just how reality works. That's how time works. Okay. So that's Saturn in the first house. The other thing I would consider when we're, when we're analyzing the houses is that I want you to, this is something I learned from Demetra George in her really wonderful books, Ancient Astrology and Theory and Practice. The planet is not only affecting the house that it's in, it, it affects the topics of the houses that it aspects. So for example, Saturn is now in the overcoming square to the fourth house of home. So your change in your own personality and persona could potentially create a conflict with your family or with your parents. Like you say, this is who I am now. I'm not a baby anymore. Respect me. And your parents are like, well, we just want you to be the same thing that you've always been. And that, that could create challenges, right? Because oftentimes people's expectations of us um, can be limiting as well. You may have a square to your career house, right? Where your new persona makes it challenging to do some of the work that you're doing. You're also going to have an opposition to your seventh house. So by you making some changes in your own character and your own persona, that may also create some tension with your relationships as well. Okay. So those are the tension points. You may also really start feeling good about your creativity. You may start feeling some more sense of meaning and purpose because Saturn is going to be trined those two houses. Okay, you might find some new friends because of a sextile to the 11th house. 
and so on and so forth. And I can't go through every single aspect for every single house, but I want, I want to show you how you can look at this and the, the relationships of the aspect of that planet to those other houses, okay? Let's move forward to the second house. So if you're in Aquarius rising, you're going to have Saturn moving into your second house. And this is the ruler of your ascendant, okay? So you can see one of the challenges of this is now your ruling planet is an aversion to your ascendant, which means that it is not visible and henceforth is not really in your grasp anymore. All of you Aquarius Risings have probably gone through some really intense changes over the past few years. Maybe they were really great changes though, because Saturn was in the first house and you, you were able to have your hand on the steering wheel. Like a planet that rules the ascendant in ancient astrology is through a ship metaphor was called the helm. And like, this was the steers person, the navigator of the ship. Well, now the navigator is, is, is not as accessible as it would have been. But Saturn is moving through your second house of resources, of how you support yourself, of the people that support you. Like, I think that they also think about this as your, your second, like people that, like your, I don't know, like your lawyer or something, or somebody that is working for you as well, or, or a support person in your life. That Because this is a succeeding house, it props up our sense of self. So you, I think it's important, like just very mundane, it's important to get real about finances when you're, when you have Saturn moving through your second house. I had a Saturn return in Virgo in the second house, and it was really important for me at that time to really pay attention to my budget. Like I really needed to get organized with my budget. And that was a really important change in my life that helped me to do a lot more things and live in a lot less chaos. So this the same might be true with Saturn moving through your second house with with Pisces there, but you may have to kind of really um, I'm guessing if you have Saturn or if you have Pisces second house, you just kind of in general, depending on other factors in your chart, you might just have an, an attitude about eh, whatever I need is just going to come to me. I just have to have faith in the process. And while that is somewhat healthy, this might say, well, you've got now it's time to get to work. Okay, like you're not just going to be able to just wish it into existence. You're going to have to kind of buckle down and do the hard work necessary to create the type of support system that you want within your life. And this might create some tension with how you share resources with others. Like if you're supporting someone else and that's draining your resources, you might have to get real about that. It's going to be a square with your 11th house of friendships. I mean, think about if you have to get real about going out on Friday night and spending money at the bar or something like that, that might create some tension with your friends. Uh, and But that's what you have to do to mature. It may also create some tension with your um, your creative process, like how you seek pleasure. It could be a challenge with your children if you have children, okay? Like because it is in the overcoming square now to the fifth house. So I do think that when Saturn is in Pisces in the second, it is really asking us to get real about how we take pleasure and the money that we spend on it on some level. All right, let's keep moving. If we're looking at a Capricorn rising, Saturn's going to be in your third house. Okay, 
And then we have to take a break at, at 7,000. <laughs> um, if you're a cap rising, you have just gone through the aforementioned Saturn in the second house where you really had to get real about your resources, how you supported yourself. Um, now you will have Saturn witnessing your ascendant by sextile, which is a, a very good thing. Okay. Um, it is also moving through your house, your third house, which is related to siblings, related to extended family members. It's related to daily rituals. It is the joy of the moon. It is also related to knowledge and intuition that arises from within rather than from an orthodox system. So you may have to really start to trust your intuition if you're a Capricorn rising. You may have some challenges where you have long festering situations with extended family members that come to a head that need to be dealt with. This could lead to some separations from some siblings or family members. This could uh, lead to a, a need for you to get real about how you spend your time during your everyday existence. Maybe with uh, Pisces on the third house cusp, you might be organized in certain areas of your life as a Capricorn rising, but your daily habits may be a little bit erratic. Um, and it's important now to get really disciplined about the way that you show up every day and the mundane things that you need to take care of. And also the way that you communicate with others, the way that you show up in the world, um, the way that you deal with your extended family, those things could be uh, a challenge with Saturn. Now it's going to be opposing the ninth house. So your daily habits may bring you into conflict with a maybe a religious organization or with like a belief system that has been given to you from some sort of orthodox system. So you may have to learn how, like again, trust to trust yourself. Um, you will also have Saturn in the overcoming square to your sixth house. So this, there, this could also be something where you, you are dealing with a health issue as well, potentially. And finally, it's going to be squaring the 12th house, right? So there's a square with the 12th house of self-undoing. Um, it's important to not, you know, let your own internal narrative about how you show up in the world stop you from progressing you know I've, I've talked to some capricorn clients and i'm my partner's capricorn rising and often i find that sometimes they have challenges with um i don't know the the promotion part of their work uh, they're good at doing and grinding the workout but like putting themselves out there isn't the most comfortable sometimes for these folks and now there's going to be some situations probably with cap rising where you may have to really re-examine how you, how you promote yourself out into the world and the, the way that you communicate with others within your life. And I'm pointing out challenges here. You can, you can go through this exercise and point out some, some good things too. Like for example, Saturn trying the seventh house may, may mean that a cap rising might have some really nice exchanges and communications with their partners. And they may be really interested in uh, their friend group again, their community with, with trines to those houses as well. Okay, let's see. Looking through the chat here. 
Claire. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going back in time. Michelle says Pluto conjunct Capricorn in the first was tough on my health. Yeah, I believe that. We're talking Saturn here, but but yeah, well, Pluto is not fun in that <laughs> that house either. Um, Claire says, thanks for the heads up. I'm Virgo stellium rising with Saturn at three degrees Pisces. Guess I'm in for a long Saturn return in conjunction. Yes. You know, I mean, the, 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 the chart represents a wheel and it's a wheel of fortune. Sometimes we're at the top and sometimes we're at the bottom. The good thing about studying astrology is that we have, um, it changes. You know, sometimes we are at the top of the wheel of fortune other times we're at the bottom, and if we don't like our station, we just sometimes we just have to wait for circumstances to change. Thank you, Michelle, for the super sticker. I appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Rachel says, uh, Saturn... I hope to make a big move and to study and retrain Saturn and put paid to that the last two years, but now I'm experiencing much smaller but positive realistic changes. Okay, Michelle says Capricorn rising and the second house Saturn transit slowed my money flow and I had the same job. I don't have siblings, so interested in how the third house will look. Okay, so again, yeah, not everybody has siblings. Third house can also just be extended family members as well. It can be neighbors, it can be people in your local community, your immediate environment. Uh, it can be the short little routines and journeys that you make every day. Uh, oftentimes it might necessitate a return back to a family experience. Um, it's interesting because they think that the ninth house journeys is, is a, they say long distance journeys, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. It can be a long distance journey, but ninth house is more about pilgrimages, whereas third house is more about journeys that you would do to return to a sense of home, like errands that you would run. If let's say you are need to go back home across country, that's still a third house journey in my opinion. Uh, and there are ancient astrologers that confirm that as well. So that could be some kind of having to deal with uh, movement in, in relationship to your roots. Because remember, this is part of the fourth house angular triad. It's something that could pull us away from our family also. So there may be some endings with your families as well with, with cap rising. Um, another cap rising here says, feeling what you just said already. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad some of it's landing. Uh, Sundenter says, I can relate. I knew Saturn wanted to do something me two years ago. Which, okay. So we've got, I, I love that we have uh, some good chatter in the chat between uh, helping each other as well. So I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm reading as I go. And sometimes it's hard to know if there's a, uh, if it's for me or for someone else. <laughs> Okay, let's let's move forward to the fourth house. Let's move to Sag rising. Okay, so there's Sagittarius rising. Saturn is moving into the first house. This again is an angular placement, which means that it will probably have a greater impact. For you Capricorn risings, Saturn is in a cadent house, right? In the third house. So another thing to think about is that when we have a planet in a Caden house, 
the impact might be on somebody that is close to you, but not you. It is more indirect. So like the Saturn experience may come through like a neighbor or a sibling or somebody in your community or through um, a learning process. That's, that's the other thing I didn't mention with Saturn in the third house is you may have to really get real about your knowledge base and go back to school or something like that where you say, you know what? I really don't have the type of grasp that I thought I did. I need to get realistic about my learning process. Okay. So now that we have Saturn back in an angular house, this is a very personal experience, right? So Sag rising, of course, we have a, another Jupiter sign. We are, Saturn is moving through your fourth house of home, family, traditionally the father, um, property, uh, how we craft a home, domestic responsibilities, everything that's hidden from the public, everything that's underground. Sometimes when Saturn is in Pisces and fourth house, I remember, vaguely remember something in our nightlight studies with this. Um, be really careful of like water leaking into your basement, <laughs> like shit like that. That was, I think that was a Pluto transit through the fourth house, but there could be similar experiences where you have to deal with a problem that is that has been hidden for a long time. You may also have to deal with um, aging parents around this period of time. There may be something where, you know, you've had a situation with people in your life and it finally comes to fruition. Um, you may have to get real. This could be another thing where you have to get real about your living situation. Maybe you have a dream about Maybe you have a pastoral dream that um, has to be adjusted. Maybe you finally say, I don't like living in the city. I want to go live out in the country. But then you have to figure out, well, what are the, what's the reality of that? Um, I've gone through that journey where I, I, I tried to buy a farm uh, a few years ago. And I had this, this off-grid dream and um, got two weeks away from closing on a five-acre farm. It was really, really beautiful um, land. The house was really beat up and would have been a real pain in the butt to, to fix up. But we got a, a failed water test. Uh, we found a failed water test in the house because we had to clean the house out ourselves. Even before buying it, we, we were allowed to go in the house to clean out all the junk. The, the owner of the house had died from cancer and like the other owner had dementia and their kids were trying to pawn it off on some sucker. And it, it ended up that there was uh, pollution in the well, the in the water that was going into the well system from 2,500 gallons of VOC chemicals and compounds that had been dumped in an upstream farm land uh, in the late 70s. And it was still polluting the well. And I found all these documents after uncovering this um, through like it was a Superfund site. And then the Superfund, which is, is a fund that cleans up toxic waste sites, ran out of money and they never cleaned it out. And like AT&T was coming in and putting in lines and um, their workers were passing out when they dug up <laughs> the chemicals. So uh, needless to say, we had to back off of that. And that was a real reality check. And it, it might have been even when Saturn was moving through my fourth house. I don't remember completely, but it was a few years ago. Um, it was a real reality check about our living situation and about the dream of our living situation. So 
you may have to get real about the dream. You, you may also try to make the dream real by saying, okay, now we want to have this living situation. We really need to like figure out what the next practical steps are. Okay. So that's the fourth house. And if we go through just kind of the, some of the harder aspects, your living situation may be putting some tension on your, your career life. Okay. You may be feeling, uh, you know, maybe a family situation is putting pressure on how you show up in the world. Uh, oftentimes when we have instability in our family or we're dealing with endings or we're dealing with heavy responsibilities within the family, it makes it hard to, to do things publicly. Those family situations could be also putting pressure on your own role. Oftentimes when we're dealing with, a, let's say you have like a sick family member or like a sick parent, that really puts a damper on your own personal desires. And that could be the case with Saturn moving through the fourth house. It also might put some pressure on your relationship. Okay, oftentimes when we have responsibilities with families and our homes, um, or we're trying to buy a home or sell a home or, or bring something to a conclusion, which is a Saturn possibility, we can you know have some disagreements with our partners. So Saturn is, is in the overcoming square to our, our partnership house. So that's something to keep an eye on. On the positive side, fourth house Saturn is making a trine to the eighth and the twelfth house. So those really are places of liminal spaces. Maybe through an ending with a family member, um, you might receive an inheritance, which is an eighth house matter, okay? Like if somebody dies in your family, then there may be, your, your wealth might increase as far as like a, an eighth house matter, although that's not guaranteed. Uh, I would not make assumptions around that because sometimes you may expect something and then that dream dies. Um, I may or may not be uh, speaking from experience with the Saturn going through the eighth house. Um, and the fourth house is also trying to the twelfth. So maybe this will also help you find surrender and acceptance for things that are outside of your control. And yes, people are talking about how terrible uh, finding a toxic waste dump in the well of the dream farm that you're trying to buy is. And it was, it was a real painful experience, folks. Um, it ended up working out. There were other situations in my life that in hindsight, um, I was right where I was supposed to be. And um, it helped me take care of some other situations that were challenging in my life. And then we ended up buying the house that we lived in, which is very nice. It's not, it's not the dream farm, but it is, it is a nice place. And I can do most of the things that I would like to do. Maybe someday the dream farm thing will happen, but you know, this is, this is the, surrendering what what needs to happen now okay does that give you some some clarity into the fourth house everybody doing okay reading through the chat here steven says natal venus and pisces in the fourth rules my mc sixth house i dream of working from home yeah yeah that could definitely be a, a manifestation of that for sure uh don says and about how things are rarely what they appear on the surface patience is so hard absolutely Okay, Don says, the one beautiful thing COVID gave me was working from home so much less stressful. I agree. I mean, I, I was someone who worked mostly from home, but it, it definitely accelerated the working from home for me with just a completely different career with, with astrology, accelerating my astro astrological practice rather than doing musical gigs. I miss the music a little bit, if I'm being 100% honest. I miss teaching music and 
need to pick up my guitar a little bit more often than I do, which is not often at all actually anymore. Um, but yes, being able to work in your own space and the comfort of your own home is like a it's a Cancerian dream and maybe some other someone else's dream as well. Um, Steven says the movie Money Pit comes to mind. Yes, Steven. Good call. I was definitely playing the Tom Hanks role, which seeing everything crumble around me, it was it would have been very, very, very expensive to try to fix that house um, and to ch fix the challenges of the toxic well. I think people had their water shipped in or something. It was just a real nightmare. But a learning experience. And I and I will say this too. I do remember that during a Pisces Saturn experience, um, when I was a teenager, my dad and I were searching for a home. We lived in, he was a single parent. We lived in an apartment. And we went on this epic journey to have the dream of, of living in our own home. And uh, I, I remember how challenging that was. And we finally moved to, we finally were able to find a really, really old house in this tiny little town in Illinois called Winnebago, which was a, which was a place that I had spent some time in when I was much younger. And that was like our Shangri-La, like, let's go back to Winnebago, <laughs> this like 2000 person town, small town America. And I went to high school there for a year. And then my dad met somebody in Michigan and and we moved and that was really heartbreaking. Um, the death of a dream, right? That was a Saturn and Pisces experience for me where you got a taste of it and then it just kind of got snatched away from you. So um, this is life as a 12th house son though, friends. Uh, there's been a lot of things like that in my life and you learn from it and here we are. Happy human is here. Says, I have a question. What's the best roller coaster you've ever been on? <laughs> well, happy human. That's a wonderful digression. Um, I will admit, I'm not a huge fan of amusement parks. I would say that the place that I went, that I did want to go to as a child was, was Six Flags Great America, which was near my home in Rockford, Illinois, Winnebago, wherever. And we went on that rickety old wooden American Eagle thing that was quite frankly terrifying because it, it felt like it could break at any time. I just didn't, I didn't, those, I'm not really a thrill seeker. Like I, I enjoyed the water rides and stuff, but now I, I wouldn't because I'm like, I don't want to get fucking wet. Like <laughs> I don't want to like my clothes to get wet and dry off all day. But um, to me, those places were, I don't know, expensive. The food was not good. It smelled like barf everywhere. That was the other thing. It was just sensory overload. For a, sen for a sensitive child, there was just a lot of things where I could see behind the curtain that didn't make it fun for me, if that makes sense. So I don't know if I have a favorite like thrill-seeking <laughs> roller coaster, but that, that's a fun question, though. Um, I prefer quieter forms of entertainment, to be honest with you. I really like going to like natural spots and like looking off a cliff over a great lake or something like that. I really enjoyed my time going to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan at various points and just the quietness of that and, and connecting with nature. I, I used to love going to the zoo as a child because I loved animals. So th those were the things that were a bit more my speed. But your mileage may vary with that. And if a roller coaster brings you joy, I don't, I don't have any judgment on that. Um, Rachel says, from my memories of Saturn in the 4th, 
that is spot on and helpful to hear even now. Well, thank you, Rachel. I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad when this stuff lands. Rachel says, maybe the Saturn-Neptune season will have you picking up your guitar again. I have a feeling that it will. I think, Rachel, I'm ready to return to doing some music in whatever form that may be. It may not be exactly the same. I think I will continue to do astrology. Um, but I do need to reconnect with my creativity and just uh, my own self-expression rather than potentially just being a maybe a channel through through doing like one-on-one -on -one client work. I think I need to figure out what who I am again uh, that is not related to um, trying to help someone else, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, I love being helpful. This I love it. But as a Leo rising, sometimes you have to be like, who, who am I? <laughs> like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> Where am I in this equation? Um, and that's, a, that's always a lifelong journey. Um, Rachel, or Beth says, Saturn and Pisces could mean increased discipline in relationship to music practice. A great time to restart a daily practice. Yes, I agree. I agree, Beth. Uh, Rachel says the best transit roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, right. What's your favorite roller coaster? Oh, well, I've got Uranus on my moon right now. <laughs> that, that's probably a roller coaster. Um, yeah. Julene says, well done discovering the water issues. 100% dodged a bullet. Whew, okay. Um, do, yeah. Jolene, do you have, uh, do you have any water challenges with your house right now? <laughs> That would be funny if you like were like dealing with some kind of water challenge or or even the denial of water. I know I think you live in the desert, so you might have to really get clear about where your water sources are coming from because I do think drought is a is a manifestation of Saturn and Pisces as well. Um yeah, Don says you don't like that funky smell. I don't like the amusement park smell or the carnival smell. I I'm really really sensitive sensor I have sensory sensitivities. And there's just too many things going on in a place like that. Uh, Jonathan says, any thoughts on 8th house Saturn return in Pisces? I'll get there, Jonathan. I'm going systematically through the houses, and we've gotten through the 4th house. So just buckle in for <laughs> maybe another hour, and I'll get there. Um, so let's keep rolling. So if we go to... Yeah, Cookersville is a 12th house sun. I think it is a 12th house sun thing. We're, we're really sensitive creatures, and there's just a lot going on in, in an amusement park. Um, so here is a, a Scorpio rising where Saturn is moving into your 5th house. Uh, and the 5th house, yeah, it's, yes, I'm seeing some really some confirmation of this thought about these places. Chuck E. Cheese is, yes. Chuck E. Cheese is scared the shit out of me as a child. I mean, those those animatronic, like, fucking robots that like were just sitting still and then out of nowhere would just burst into song that was terrifying and uh and they even made like a horror video game uh friday night at freddy's or something like that like about that horrible those horrible animatronic animals so yeah scorpio rising now saturn is moving into your fifth house fifth house is related to uh creativity it's related to children it's related to legacies, that which will live on beyond you. Um, it is related to um, how you seek pleasure in the world. So this may be a time to sober up if you're if you are a Scorpio rising and you've been having some challenges with either substances or how you seek pleasure within the world. 
this could be a real reality check with that. If you're having any conflicts with the, your children or the people that are in your life that are the representative of that, this may also be something that, to, to bring some sobriety to that relationship. Excuse me. Again, EK was also, or Beth was talking about the discipline necessarily necessary to do your creative projects. So this could be a time to be really disciplined when it comes to your creativity as well. Um, this, this could be a time where you're saying, okay, I need to set myself some structures so that I can actually manifest the, the visions and the dreams that I have for myself creatively. Uh, you can see that if we t go through the difficult aspects with the fifth house, your personal creativity uh, may make it challenging for you to have a, a collective vision or to work with friendships or with groups of people because you may be feeling like you want to really concretize your personal vision. It also may be putting some pressure on your eighth house of shared resources, okay, and your second house of personal resources. You know, one of the things that is challenging with kids is they're expensive. So maybe that you will have some financial challenges um, that could, you know, create some potential conflicts or some need to make some changes in, in you and your partner's resources. And because some of it could be related to the financial needs of your kids. So that's uh, one, one possibility. It will be making a trine to your natal ascendant. So your creative projects could help bring you a new sense of self, a new mature sense of self. And it also will be in a trine to your ninth house. So it may bring you a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning as well. Okay. Let's keep rolling. Keep on rolling. Um, Khadija says, do you think planets in Saturn, this Saturn decan in terms will come up within a Saturn return, either in themes within Saturn return or a general maturation of the topics of the planet that the planets signify? Um, yes, I, I think that Saturn's going to work with the, the materials that it is given. And sometimes those materials are a certain narrative or story that we can pull from the decanic ruler. So in this first decan of Pisces, Saturn is in a Saturn-ruled decan, but a Pisces-ruled sign. So remember, Saturn sometimes can bring a sense of dissatisfaction. Maybe we're dissatisfied with the dream that we have now. Maybe we are, you know, leaving behind an old dream and going in search of a new one. In the second decan, we have a Jupiter-ruled decan where we're unifying the new vision with what's possible. And then finally, in the third decan of Pisces, we have a Mars rule decan where we're saying, I'm going to use my willpower to go towards my vision. I might sacrifice for that vision. I'm going to fight for what I believe in. There's a crusading energy with it. So Saturn is going to move through each one of those decans and, and try to bring us a reality check to each one of them. The reality check in the second decan may be about what is possible. That decan happens to relate to it relates to sometimes feeling a little bit more confident than our skills might allow. Um, it is very good for wish fulfillment, but there is a sorcerer's apprentice energy with that deck in where we maybe we overestimate our abilities and Saturn might bring us a reality check with the second deck in. And then finally in the third deck in, Saturn might say, you know, here's something that it's your responsibility to sacrifice for this cause. Or you have been sacrificing too much as a martyr for this cause that isn't 
you know, bringing anybody any joy or bringing anybody any benefit. So you may have to release your need to sacrifice for that particular cause. Choose, choose your cause wisely. Okay. So I hope that helps Khadija. And yeah, the terms and all of those things fall into place as well, as far as like contributing. Uh, Jolene says, I don't know. There are issues here around water for sure, but it remains confusing because we keep creating golf courses and water parks. Yeah. So that to me, that you bring up a great point, Julene. That sounds excessive, doesn't it? When you're already facing a um, a drought or a a lack of water and resources in a particular area like the southwest um, desert areas of America, continuing to build very water dependent resources like golf courses that need to be watered and water parks does seem to be not the greatest choice, does it? Or potentially an excessive choice that will need to be reconciled. And Saturn's going to come for those places. Saturn's going to, you know, potentially show us the abuses that places like that are are doing. I mean, w when you have rivers drying up, you know, where you can, where the river isn't even flowing anymore, that's <laughs> that's a big reality check as far as like how we're dealing with our resources. I really do think there will be a denial of, of water resources and water is going to be, become a very important commodity with Saturn and Pisces, in my opinion, healthy water. And, and again, you know, we may have to do cleanup efforts. There's probably going to be a lot of polluted water sources that we're going to have to really, um, really take responsibility for and our oceans being the biggest one with all the microplastics and trash and warming and shit like that. Like there's, we need the oceans to be healthy for a number of reasons. They're endless. Um, but we've ignored them for a long time. So I think that some of that will be uh, the reckoning is coming. The consequences are coming. Let me see. Let me see. Yes. Uh, Wondering if plants in Saturn terms naturally will be more pronounced if Saturn in Pisces is a is a return. Um, yeah, anytime you have a planet contacting a natal planet in your chart, you'll feel that one more personally. Um, so yeah, I think if if you're if this is your Saturn return, those themes are definitely amplified. Okay, for sure. Okay, let's keep going. So that's Saturn in the fifth house, Scorpio rising. Let's let's go to Saturn in the sixth with Libra rising, and then we'll take a stretch break after maybe the next one or two ones here. So now we see Saturn moving through the house that is traditionally related related to the joy of Mars. Um, so that's that's interesting. What does that mean? Well, sixth house is a is a cadent house. Um, it is pulling us away from a sense of completion. It's related to the seventh house, which is related to completion, relationships, anything that pulls us away from the celebratory end. So you, there may be a situation in your life where you have some responsibilities that are pulling you away from some kind of completion. It could be an injury, it could be an illness, could be a lot of work, could be responsibilities through your job. Um, you might also have to get uh, some clarity and a reality check around your um, the people that 
work for you. Oftentimes employees or people that are uh, providing a service for us are related to the sixth house. You might have a really difficult relationship with like a contractor or something with this, this placement. Um, the thing that I would say about this is Saturn is a planet of chronic misfortunes, right? Chronic challenges, chronic illnesses. So if we also think about sixth house of, of injury and illness, these could be like a, a, you are dealing with a chronic illness with Saturn moving through this. You are being asked to take care of your health in a realistic way. I remember my Saturn in the sixth house transit when it was moving through Capricorn. The story I'll tell about that is that I, uh, I, I was eating a piece of beef jerky and I cracked one of my wisdom teeth. I cracked a, a, a chunk of wisdom tooth off of my back, like wisdom molar. And I went in and they told me, well, we're probably going to have to remove that tooth. And I was like, eh, I don't want to have surgery. Like, it, you know, and I was really into like holistic healing and things like that. I'm still into that. Like I have mixed feelings about that. In some circumstances, the pandemic changed some of my viewpoints on some of that, but um, I still believe that we have the ability to heal ourselves of some things. And what I did is I had to change my diet completely to um, arrest the decay in that tooth. And I did that for about six months. And they were like, well, you can try whatever your thing is that you're going to try. And I was, I had some herbal supplements. I changed my diet completely. I changed my oral care routine, all of these things. And what happened was I didn't heal the cavity, but I stopped the decay enough so that it's an alternative solution came around. There was a, a, um, like an experimental treatment that they do in Japan for like toddlers where it's like a, a little, it's like a kind of a thing that they paint on a tooth that seals a cavity that where you don't have to have a, a filling or you don't have to remove the tooth. And to me, Saturn was like, you, you did the work to get you to the solution. And to me, that was really, uh, it was quite a victory being able to, to save that tooth um, in that regard. So that's just an example of the sec of the sixth house um, Saturn where you really have to step up. And it was hard, hard work. I, I really eliminated sugar from my diet during that period of time. Um, I was, you know, there was phytic acids like from nuts and things like that. I couldn't eat anything like that that would lead to tooth decay. Uh, I was, it was a really a, quite a regimen. I was doing like oil pulling and things like that, like all sorts of stuff. And again, I, it didn't completely heal the situation, but it, but it, it really did get me to the to the solution. So again, that was that's that to me is a combination of like my own effort, my own, I guess I hate now this word, but my own research and my own whatever, because that 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 kind of thing has been abused over the pandemic, I think. But I was able to do some self-directed things that allowed me to work in harmony with the traditional medicine to create a positive outcome. Okay. If you're wondering where I stand on some of those things. Uh, so that's the sixth house, right? And some of the aspects that it's making, it may, I think also a sixth house, when I was going through Saturn in the sixth house, I had a lot of responsibilities that I didn't 
have before. And Saturn, of course, was a, was opposing my sun and Mercury, but it felt like a lot of lot of hard work that I wasn't getting credit for. I was driving my daughter all over God's green earth at that point. It just, there was a lot of things that I was, responsibilities that I was bound to that felt like thankless tasks. And that can be a six house experience too, where there's just a lot of stuff that you have to do that, you know, you're not going to get the parade for, but you're, but you need to do it anyway. Right. Um, and uh, that can make it hard to rest. I think that when you have Saturn or a planet in the sixth house, it, it really takes away from your periods of solitude, your periods of like dream consciousness. Um, having Saturn opposite your house of enemies can make your enemies pretty strong. I was, I did have a circumstance during this time where I really um, had to go to battle with a, with a nemesis in my life. Eventually emerged, I guess you could call it victorious. Oftentimes when we engage with our, our, most challenging people, everybody loses. And that, that sort of felt like a situation here. Um, but, you know, you might have a strong, you may have a really strong enemy um, with uh, Saturn in the sixth house as well that you have to deal with. Um, yeah, Khadija said, I had teeth problems during my Saturn in the sixth transit. Yeah, it's not uncommon. You know, Saturn rules the bones. So you may have a bone issue. You could break a bone. Teeth is a bone issue. Uh, those are the types of illnesses and challenges you might deal with. And sixth house is like an accident. Like biting down on a on a uh, piece of jerky is an is a is an accident. It's a misfortune. But what I will say is that that decay in my tooth was the result of a long term, either neglect or a long term dietary issue. I think one of my main problems I I had this like I had this like bite guard that I had been wearing for a really long time, and it wasn't. I don't think I was cleaning it properly or something. It probably contributed to the decay in that tooth. Um, so I stopped wearing that completely, and that really changed things up quite a bit too. Um, Rachel says, with Saturn, the work itself counts greatly. Even if the results do not look stellar, there is almost that the quiet pride in taking responsibility for the unglamorous things. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Katie is here. Hello, Katie. Katie says, hmm, I'm going through the exact same tooth thing, basically. Saturn went from conjunct my moon in Aquarius and into my sixth this week. Well, Katie, I can recommend a few resources for you just, just quickly. I, there's a woman named Nadine Artemis who has some really good natural health tooth care protocols. She has a little book about natural healing with cavities and things like that. And I followed that protocol to a T with with the herbal remedies she recommends. And then the, the, the way that I've fixed my tooth is I think there's just kind of, it's like a fluoride treatment that they just brush on and it seals the tooth. And it, it does, the only drawback is it discolors the tooth, which is like Saturn's mark. It turns the cavity black, <laughs> but in the back of your mouth, it doesn't matter. No one's going to fucking see it. Um, but it, it made all the pain go away. It made the, the decay stop. So if you can ask your dentist about that. It's, it's now become, uh, approved for use in the United States. It was it originated, I think, in Japan. If that's what you're, if you're curious. Um, to me, that was the lesser of two evils. Having oral surgery was not on my agenda and having that treatment um, really helped. Derek says Saturn square Jupiter in the sixth could show dental work to wisdom teeth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, I had Saturn 
was Saturn, I don't know if Saturn was squared my natal Jupiter. Saturn was trying my natal Jupiter at that point, but maybe it was it was squared uh, transiting Jupiter, potentially. Okay, let's look at a couple more of these aspects. So Saturn will put pressure on your ninth house and your third house through squares. Um, sometimes when we are doing really hard work, when we're in a situation that we didn't choose, that is misfortune, that is not necessarily any fault of our own, it can, it can really put a damper on our faith, on our belief system, on our hope. So for those of you going through a six house transit, try not to lose hope, try to maintain your faith. Um, try to also re-evaluate your daily routines. This is what I had to do. I, my daily habits got really intense as far as like trying to take care of my teeth and an injury and an illness. So that could be something else where your Saturn is, is really trying to put pressure on how you take care of yourself every day. Um, some positives potentially for the sixth house. We have a trine to the 10th and a trine to the second. So the result of hard work may be that you get some advancement with your job, or you maybe you get a raise, or you are able to take care of your the things that support you. In this case, sometimes I think the mouth is associated with the second house, so I was able to save my precious resource, which is my teeth, <laughs> see, which is a second house thing, I think. Um, and I don't remember what was going on professionally at that point. I think I was beginning my journey as a professional astrologer. So I was working very hard to learn some new techniques and go through training programs and things of that nature. Yeah, Rachel says with sixth house in general, just hang in there. Yes, it's there is an endurance quality to it for sure. Mm, oh, yes, Beth says, I think it's colloidal silver. Yes, I, I believe that is correct. Um, there was some kind of treatment that they they painted on the tooth and it, it would discolor it, but it, it sealed the cavity. They they use it for like toddlers that have cavities that, that can't handle like a drill. So I, I feel like my sensitivity, I did feel like a toddler when it came to that. I was like, no, no drills, no. <laughs> like, so um, I'm glad there was a solution in general. Um, well, thank you, Derek, for hitting the like button. I appreciate it. Yeah, for those of you who are who are enjoying this today, hit the like button. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you want to donate to the work that I'm doing here today. Um, the heavy lifting, you can buy me a super sticker in the chat there, or buy me a coffee at buymecoffee.com, or uh, invest in some of my webinars. I have a Decans of Pisces webinar on sale right now, 20% off, and a new webinar that I did for Nightlight Astrology, Stars and Cards, um, being able to use tarot as an astrological storytelling device, and that's on sale for 20% off. So. Um, that's another way you can support the channel and the work that I'm doing here. Uh, Kate says, I have multiple oral surgeries, sinus reconstruction too, natal mercury in light cap as well, receiving Pluto. Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. And thank you, Khadija, for your compliments on the Deccan webinars. I put a lot of heart and soul into those, and I'm glad that they are something that will help people understand this, this work. All right, should we move forward? Let's keep going. I'll do one more, and then we'll take a stretch break. This is why I don't always do like everything through the houses because I tend to be long-winded and thorough and it just takes me forever <laughs> to get through it. But since it's Saturn, 
we might as well just buckle in for the for the long haul here. <laughs> like, oh man. So Saturn in the seventh house, if you're a Virgo rising. Um, seventh house is related to relationships. It's related to the setting sun. It's related to um, a sense of completion. I would also say it's related to death. I experienced my seventh house Saturn transit as the death of my mother. Uh, it, Saturn was in an overcoming square to the 10th house, which is traditionally associated with the mother. And I have a natal moon in Taurus in the 10th and Saturn was in the overcoming square. Um, Saturn also will bring responsibilities within your partnerships. It can bind you to relationships or it can end relationships. Uh, both, both can happen. In, in my case, our, our relationship strengthened in my, in my life. Um, so somewhat, some of it due to loss, some of it due to new responsibilities and commitments that we took on together. And there was some tough conversations around that too. There were some, some things that we had to go through to, to get to the point of commitment um, where we had to really create some trust with one another through, through hard work. Um, so that could be part of your experience. Again, I want to really emphasize that wherever Saturn's moving through, you probably have had a story you've told yourself that, that some of it is supportive and some of it isn't. So maybe in your relationships, uh, Virgo rising, you have a narrative about what your expectations are out of a partner or what kind of partner you want, what you want from your current partner. And you may be getting a reality check about, about that. What I've noticed with Virgos, myself included, is that we can really fuck things up when we get too critical of ourselves and of other people. And I think that um, this may be a, an opportunity. And thank you, Don, for the super sticker. I really appreciate your generosity, friend. I think this is an opportunity for Virgo Risings to learn how to accept their partner for who they are and release some of the, the, the fantasies about all of the checklist that they want out of the, uh, the partner, potentially. Could also mean that the partner is dealing with some really challenging experiences as well. Um, you, you have, when we have something in the seventh house, it's not always about us. It's, it may be the other person that's experiencing it. So that it's going to put pressure on your career, okay, through a partner. It's going to put pressure on your home, right? During, during the Saturn transit in the seventh house, we purchased a home, and that was a lot of stress. It was a lot of responsibility. Um, I really took on a lot of responsibility with this YouTube channel. I've gotten some more clients, and there's a lot of balancing that has to come in to doing client work and doing YouTube work and doing webinar work. It's, it's promo. I'm, I'm a one-man team here. So like, it's a lot of responsibility when you have something in the seventh house puts pressure on your tenth. And that really challenges who you are, your sense of self and, and how you show up in the world. Advantages before we take our little stretch break here. Um, you may really start building a great community. As I experienced my Saturn seventh house, I, I really was adamant that I wanted to build this community. And I'm really grateful for this community that we've built here. You all are amazingly intelligent and, and compassionate folks. And we've created a really nice safe space for people to express themselves and to explore the stars. So there may be something where you concretize your relationships with people that you share beliefs with. Um, I also did a lot of learning 
uh, and communicating around this period of time. So seventh house Saturn may help you to communicate with your community, to learn and share, and to put yourself out there in the world. Okay, I'm going to stop my share for a minute, and we'll take another stretch. <laughs> Ace Creation says, definitely relate to too much of what you're saying. When does this all this end? It's exhausting. Well, hey, we just started. <laughs> we just started. Buckle in. We just started the Saturn and Pisces transit, friend. You got three more years of this. <laughs> when does it end? This is week one. So I'm going to take this opportunity to stretch a little bit. We are on hour two. Probably go three hours. This is I. This is just kind of my thing now. Two and a half to three hours of buckling in, answering your questions. Uh, please take this opportunity, friends, to hit the like button on this video. You'd be doing me a huge favor. Uh, you'd be getting this these messages out to more people. Then, if you're benefiting from it, maybe you think someone else will benefit. Maybe share the video with your friends. Subscribe to the channel. Um, we've had some few a few generous folks that have bought super chats today, and I really appreciate that. There's a little dollar sign in the chat that helps us literally to keep the lights on. One of the goals I've had recently after experiencing an almost an entire week without power is to save up for some kind of backup generator power source, and that is still in process. So if you would like to contribute to keeping the lights on here at Shea Michaud, <laughs> you can make a donation in the in the chat. Or you can buy me coffee at buymecoffee.com. And again, I want to really uh, speak to how much gratitude I have for all of you who have been so generous with your with your help. Um, we were able to replace a lot of the food that we lost with some of those donations um, after not having power for a week. Um, you know, just it, it, I'm not a person that, as a Leo ascendant, I guess, not always very good at asking for help, but. Uh, in that circumstance, I, I try to become vulnerable and, and ask for help. And I think helping, allowing yourself to be helped sometimes is a way of, that is also a service that you can provide. And um, just really want to say that I appreciate all of you. I think there's a pride that goes along with Leo Risings about being able to carry all the weight yourself, right? This is why it's hard for me to delegate things or accept help. I know there's been some people that have offered to help me with some of my business things too. And I appreciate all of you and maybe might be considering taking you up on that as Saturn moves through Pisces, just because sometimes it's hard to do everything, you know, sometimes when things get overwhelming, certain areas of your life, like the quality can suffer and you don't want that. And I would encourage all of you to do what is, what is the thing that only you can do, right? Like, what is the thing that only I can do? Maybe I do need to hire a social media person at some point. It's hard for me, though, because I tell you what, I really enjoy the creative aspects of, of putting a song together with a video and picking out the pictures and things like that. I like that stuff. But sometimes the promo and sharing it everywhere takes away from the astrological work itself. And friends... I have so many books to read. Look at all, look at this stack of books that I just have right here. <laughs> and I keep, I keep buying more. I'll show you a couple of cool books that I bought this week. I've been getting some, people have been asking me about book tea. And I recently um, 
really went down the book tea rabbit hole and found a couple resources. This is Robert Wang's Introduction to the Golden Dawn Tarot. I wanted more resources about book tea. Book tea is like the Golden Dawn's version of tarot uh, esoteric information. I've got this book, The Golden Dawn Ritual Tarot, which is Keys to Ritual Symbol Magic and Divination by Chick Cicero. And then finally, I like this one. This is the Magical Tarot of the Golden Dawn Divination, Meditation, and High Magical Techniques. Um, this is by Pat Zalewski and Chris Zalewski. Um, really great stuff. And, and, and that combined with Austin Kopic's work and T. Susan Chang's work uh, can really bring you some awareness of how all these things work. I've been kind of relying on T. Susan Chang's interpretations of and and both and Austin's interpretations of Book T and in the Book of Toth, um, but I have the Book of Toth, and now I have the Golden Dawn Book T stuff um, myself, so I can get firsthand instead of secondhand knowledge with that, which I recommend you doing. If you find an author that you really like, uh, they are great for introducing you to something. I always look at the bibliography of a book and uh, try to to acquire the source text for that book if I really like it because then I can kind of go back to the the seminal thing that taught that person and see if I can make my own um, conclusions from that as well. Okay, let me see. I'm just looking through the chat, friends. Doing okay? I might need to just stretch my back even more. I do have this interesting, like, very Aquarian chair that is half medicine ball and half, like, regular chair. And you can see I can, like, and like moving around it helps you move your spine around it's called a sprong chair s p r a n g it's like um so that's been helping and sorry if i'm moving the video a little bit but but i digress i'll look through the chat here um creating harmony Khadija says saturn in seven house is this a time to meet a business partner or long-term clients or should i be focused on a maturation of standards and values about who i want as a business partner or client well Khadija, have you outed yourself as a virgo rising um yes to all of that i think that maturation is a key word i can pull out of that question I think that there will be some partnerships, whether they're romantic or business or otherwise, that will end. There will also be ones that uh, become more solidified. Like Saturn removes, remember, it concretizes things by removing options. So maybe there's some people that, that Saturn shows you aren't right for you, whether it's romantically or in business. But it will also help you to have a deepening of a relationship with the people that are your people and are your the people that are important to you that are in alignment with you and your vision um i think the pandemic did this for me like it removed a lot of the superficial relationships with people i was close to that weren't uh based on anything real and the people that that uh survived that are my real friends i i, I can see now who is my real support system and who isn't after going through a seventh house um transit so i hope i hope that's helpful for you yes values is important yes for sure kate says saturn is finished in my seventh house and with limited hindsight gained 
could be described as two ghosts living together needed to make many concessions. Oh, Kate, I'm sorry. Um, Saturn is a tough teacher. There, there are going to be times where um, Saturn shows us that whatever we're doing isn't sustainable and it will crumble things. So this is one of heard other astrologers talk about Saturn as crumbling structures as well as building them. And I think it's both. I think it's like breathing, you know. But what I will say, Kate, is that the things that Saturn removes, I, I say this in my daily prayer when I talk to Saturn on Saturdays at the Saturn hour. I ask Saturn to only remove that which is necessary and to bring me into alignment with equilibrium, to increase that which is lacking, and to decrease that which is excessive. By removing the relationship that isn't a reflection of who you are and what you need, it actually frees you for, for the relationship that, that might actually support you. So um, keep in mind the cyclical nature of these things, and that you know sometimes you have to become liberated from something that is toxic, to be able to bring you some joy. Not every relationship that ends is toxic. Sometimes something's just run its course. That's the other signification of Saturn is some things time is just up, you know, and that can be, that can be painful, but hopefully we can work through it, right? Uh, Steven says, my dentist just said, at the time said, wow, you're 30 years old and need a root canal. It was a wake up call at the time to take better care of my health, yeah. Maybe you had a Saturn in the sixth house transit. Um, Khadija says, Saturn in the seventh. Do you think I should be putting more effort into finding a mentor for astrology business? Mm, maybe. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just thinking, like, you know, I do astrological mentorship. So, yeah, sure. Sign up, sign up for some sessions. We'll talk. <laughs> like, uh, no, but you don't have to sign up for something with me in particular. But that could definitely be something, some other that you're committing to. I think Saturn is a planet that, that requires oaths and commitments. So I think that could definitely be something that could help your, your exp expression as well. Uh, Rachel says, when, when people can, they do actually love to help because we are interdependent. We need help at times. Yeah, we all need help. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. And, and we are interdependent. And I think that the Saturn in Aquarius, uh, the ending of that, which is when my power went out, really showed me that, that I'm not an island and that I do need community and I do need this, my neighbors and my friends and my community um, and we're going to need that more as we move forward through Pluto and Aquarius. We're going to need to learn how to work together for our own mutual survival and thrival. Okay. So yeah, good point. Beth says, you are amazing, Spencer. Thank you. Thank you for, for stroking my Leonine ego a little bit. I need it. I needed it this week. Uh, this got me through the last quarter of my work day and looking forward to your wisdom on the 11th house. So I'll be there at the end. I pick up my son. Okay. So you're going to be one of the ones that leaves for a period of time and then comes back. It's like, you're still going. <laughs> like, so yeah, I know that we go a long time here, um, but I try to try to get, uncover some depth for you. And um, yeah, this is a, uh, the community really can get you through the, the tough times, right? Through the challenges. So thank you for the compliments as well. Sometimes we all need a boost. Uh, Don says, uh, Don is talking to Steven. Okay. Just just parsing it all out. 
Wow, there's so many good comments. So good. I'm so excited that all of you are here and the con contributions you're making today. Rachel says, when you write your book, this Virgo stellium will happily proofread it for you. Yes, someday, someday I'll write my book. We'll see. Um, what I'm concentrating now is creating um, uh, webinar content that I think eventually could become a book. I think the first stage is making more things to put into the, the store where, you know, maybe there's some passive income opportunities for people downloading after the fact, uh, which can help you build uh, a library of resources for people. And then eventually that, that wisdom can get consolidated down into a book and that in turn becomes a, a, a vehicle of support for the work that you're doing as well. If you want any business advice from me, which is, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know how successful I am business-wise. I think I've created a great community here, but I think I'm still trying to figure out the business part of this. I always had some challenges with that, so we'll see. Have you read book M? <laughs> oh, okay. Not book T, book M. Oh, M.M. Maline's reference book for her deck is, def, is super in-depth. You know, I have her book that she wrote with T. Susan Chang, which is called Tarot Deciphered, which is really good. But I'll have to check out her. Is that the Libra, the Tarot Libra, Libra T? I don't remember what it's called. But um, it's sort of similar to Crowley's deck, isn't it? I know she's an expert, though. But yeah, send me a link to that, and I will check out that book. Of course, if someone suggests a book to me, I'd instantly buy it. That's just kind of how I roll. Um, Dawn says, I recently purchased Cushion Lab and it's been a game changer. Uh, <laughs> nice. On top of standing desk. Yeah, I need a standing desk. That's the next thing. Um, LSJ says, Saturn is a good opportunity for going through the houses. Guidance or some hand-holding is appreciated. Well, I appreciate you being here, LSJ. And thank you for again for the fashion advice and just kind of move around with it. Um, let's see. Let's see. Derek G says, I am currently going through a custody battle and the mother of my child is experiencing her Saturn return in the fifth house. Saturn is currently transiting my third house and squaring my ascendant in Sagittarius. Well, Derek, good luck with that. I have been there, friend. Uh, that was actually a big part of my Saturn and Capricorn experience was a, was a custody battle. And um, I inherited a lot of responsibility at the end of that. And uh, it was... It was good. It was it was beneficial, and my daughter um, got a much healthier living environment um, here with me. I won my custody battle case, okay, so if you really even need advice, send me an email. But uh, it was very draining, and like I said, sometimes there's no winners in that. If you're my advice for you, Derek, it's always about what is best for the child, and if you can figure out what you can, how you can do the least amount of collateral damage to your kid that's going to help get you through it um but yeah a saturn saturn in the fifth house is definitely like oh it's time to to grow up with a in relationship to a child so good luck with that my friend I've, it, that's a really it's a really tough tough road to hoe um but have patience with it and um, make sure you have a good attorney um let's see summer book group blossom astrology says was Blossom Astrology again. That's Nanda Devi. Summer Spring Book Group. Where are you skipping ahead to Summer Book Group? 
Spring Book Group is going to be, um, I'll announce that at some point, but it's going to be the Sophie Strand book, The Flowering Wand. So I'm, I'm going to start that in early April. I'm really excited about that book, and we're going to really dive into myth and, and rewilding different myths and things of that nature. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Sign up for my email list if you'd like more information on that. Sign up for that anyway. That helps you know when we do these lives and, and uh, new classes and webinars and all of those things. Um, let's see. Let's see. Well, let's keep going, friends. These are such good comments. And the Tabla Mundi, Beth says, for MMLE. Good, good. I have that as a digital deck on my phone, but I, I getting the physical book might be nice. So let's keep going. I'm, we're going through the signs for Saturn and Pisces and doing a pretty in-depth uh, examination. We've got so many viewers here today. I'm really excited about this. Got a, a number of people joining us today. Really, really grateful for all of you being here. Um, let's move on to the eighth house. And Leo rising. Oh boy. That's me and some of you. <laughs> I guess. I'm going to have to be careful about how I talk about this today because there's some some circumstances that are kind of personal that I don't really want to uh, say too much about because it's a developing situation. And what I will say is that the eighth house is associated with wills, legacies, inheritances, um, things that happen after death, partners, resources of a partner, um, fears that we've repressed. Maybe there's an illusion about how we are feeling supported. And maybe we have a reality check about um, the support of another person or of, a, of an inheritance or something like that. Um, it could put some pressure on our 11th house of groups and friends. It could also be putting some pressure on our fifth house as well with a square and an opposition to our Virgo uh, house of money. And if you have planets in Virgo, you're going to be feeling that. Um, I did get some news, at, you know, recently, right as Saturn moved into Pisces about some things that happened after my mom and my grandfather's death and some real um, disappointing corruption in my family and what was going to happen after their death and with their resources. It was, uh, it was a huge reality check and the death of a kind of a, kind of a dream, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And it was, it may, it may not have been a, a realistic dream. Um, I, I have, uh, some, there's some family history with that side of my family that is, where there's a lot of estrangement and a lot of challenges. And there were some, some difficult things that came out that had been hidden, uh, in the past week. And a lot of it was really disappointing and was uh, created a lot of feelings of abandonment and feelings of um, just anger at, at that side of the family and thinking about, um, I have to say, I have to choose my words carefully. It really showed me that some of the mythologies around them were not true and that some of the more negative things were. And that's a really difficult thing to come to terms with, I think, sometimes. And uh, 
I think I had been a little bit naive about what was going to happen with all of that. And the negative parts of it ended up manifesting. Um, and that's what I can say about that for now. But the death of a dream, the death of a dream of like, of some magical white horse, you know, swooping in and saving you. <laughs> like, uh, and it's tough too, because when you lose people, and those of you who've gone through difficult um, legacy challenges, you're already suffering. You're already in pain from losing a family member. And when you have conflict over, um, you know, what happens afterwards, it is just like salt in the wounds on some level. And what you really want is just that person back and no amount of, um, I don't know, estate planning can, can really bring that person back. And, you know, when, when things don't work out the way you're expecting, it's an additional like slap in the face, I think. So that's what I can say about that. And you can infer what you want about that. Um, again, it's still kind of a developing situation, but that is, that is my personal experience of an eighth house Saturn transit. And I think that what it has done for me is it's put a lot of pressure on my second house planets to say, when you have the death of a dream of like maybe receiving support from another person, uh, it, it really helps you to refocus on your own falling back on your own resources and your own ability to support yourself. So if you, if you see what I'm saying there, like through that opposition, you'll have to sort of uh, reconcile your own support system. So that's something with eighth house with the Leo risings out there. If you're, if you're, you know, having a challenging time with resources of a partner, if you're having a challenging um, like legacy, like situation with a will or something like that, it's, it's, it's important to fall back on your own ability to, to take care of yourself and to um, recognize how powerful that you can be as an individual without giving your power over to someone else. Um, I came from a family that was uh, really, like I said, really estranged. There was a lot of abandonment and stuff when I was growing up, and that, that side of the family kind of left me out to dry when I was younger and um, disappeared. My mom disappeared for a few years when I was young, and her parents didn't really, um, didn't really help her. They weren't a safe haven, and some of those abandonment issues are getting kind of triggered again through the circumstances of, you know, the, the, the legacy. And um, it's very painful. I, I'm just, I don't, like I said, I don't want to say too much about it, but I probably already have. But through my own sharing of my own experience of pain and suffering, I hope that, that it helps you work through your own challenges. It's one of the things I try to do on this channel. I don't try to hide too much of myself um, because I do think that being a real person is important. It's important teaching tool as well. And um, it's not always going to be a perfect life. And, and astrology teaches us that. The eighth house is a challenging house. of There is some pain that is associated with that. And we may be able to uh, reconcile some of those things and let go of some of those old fears and pains of you know being able to work through some of those things that we've repressed and hidden. Okay. So that's the eighth house. And those are some of the challenges that happen with the 
you know, overcoming square to the 11th house could, could be some changes with the groups that we're a part of as Leo Risings. There could be some challenges that happen with your fifth house of creativity, of children, uh, things like that. Um, it could be, you know, an opposition with your own, you know, financial support type of thing. Like, how do you support yourself? Um, Kate says, Retro Leo Rising. Are you a Leo Rising, Kate? Or what does the eye roll mean? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to understand your symbol there. Um, yeah, Dawn says, be open to the next dream. Spirit will bring it to you. What is really your highest good? I agree. Uh, yeah, Nancy is living that death also extraordinarily painful. Yeah, and you and I have talked about that. So, yeah, we, we commiserated on that a little bit. Um, yeah, Dawn says, death brings out the shadow in some folks. Lesson learned to be sure you have all your ducks in a row for those after you. Yes, 100%. And sometimes what death will do is it'll bring out people's real character, which is, I think that's where I'm feeling the disappointment right now is, you know, feeling like the people I thought, you know, were caring individuals ended up being very self-serving. And that's, that's always very, very hard to reconcile. So reconciling the reality versus the, the dream. Um, uh, Claire says, your description, oh, at Kate, your description of Saturn and Seventh is very descriptive of my situation. It's tough. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know where that was in the chat there. Let's keep going. Um, what advantages could come from a, an eighth house Saturn? Let's see. It's going to be making a trine to the 12th and trine to the 4th. So it might help establish roots after maybe there, if there's a releasing of old root systems and uh, maybe there's a releasing of an old dream, it helps you reconnect with the things that are important with you. Like I had a really nice conversation with my dad over the last week or so. Um, after feeling the feelings of abandonment by my mom's family, I, I recognized how how good of a person. I'm going to get choked up talking about it. Sorry, friends. Love my dad. He's a good guy. He's Pisces. He really stepped up when my mom wasn't there for me. And he's been there for me my entire life. So um, I think that when you feel a sense of loss with somebody else, you can really appreciate the people that are a part of your life that support you and that... Um, Really just tell those people that you love them. And the contrast that you can see in your life from people whose, whose integrity is really not very good and people that do live their life in integrity, don't ever take that for granted. Um, so again, it's another example of like how you can, uh, an experience of loss can help you reconnect with your real roots, that is really your foundation, your support system, okay? And it can help you, like, like maybe this is also 
helping you with your vulnerability. I think there's a lot of vulnerability with 12th house placements and you all are such a supportive group and you've allowed me to have some of my feelings on this public forum, which quite honestly is kind of, it's embarrassing sometimes. I, I, it's not something that I intend when I go into this, but I think that holding space for those types of feelings is, um, that's a really nice service that you do as a community and I'm grateful for all of you as well. Okay. Let's see. So that is the eighth house and I'll compose myself here. Isn't this the most Saturn and Pisces thing ever? Just emotions just spilling over. We just always can't push them down. We've had so much pain that we've, we've lived as a collective and individually over these last few years. I know there's a lot of people out there in this community that have lost people and you've gone through all the heartache that goes along with that. And um, it really just lays you bare sometimes. It really just, you know, leaves you in a puddle on the floor every once in a while. And I'll tell you, friends, I'm just, I'm pretty, pretty exhausted lately, just emotionally and physically from some of the, the nature things that I've been dealing with, the natural forces that are out of my hands and, and just some of the other things in my life. So Thank you so much for holding space for me today. Uh, let's keep let's keep moving. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the supportive comments, friends. Uh, I am a cancer man. Yes, and it's sometimes very hard for me to to um, hide my feelings. They will just erupt at the weirdest moments sometimes. And thank you, Jody. Appreciate your your super chat. Um. Yeah, and I can, I can say my dad's a really great person. His family was really supportive. My grandparents on his side were just a, a huge support system when I was younger. My dad basically raised me from the age of five to the age of 14 by himself. He was a single dad. And I'll say, Derek, you know, in your journey, Derek, um, you want you want to be there. You want to be there for your kid, like, I never took being a parent for granted. I really had to fight really hard to be a part of my own daughter's life at various points because I knew what it was like to to be left behind. And I also had some big shoes to fill with my own dad who really gave up a lot to, to raise me and to support me. So um, just do the best you can, friend. And uh, just your presence is, is sometimes enough. All right, let's move forward. If we look at Cancer Rising, are we at Cancer Rising? Yeah. All right. Cancer Rising puts Saturn in the ninth house. And so you've gone through this harrowing journey of the eighth house Saturn recently. I'm curious if there's any Cancer Risings in the audience and how how did this... Um, how did this journey turn out for you? What what things were you able to release? What expectations? What challenges did you go through? Um, because now Saturn's moving into a quote-unquote good house and out of an aversion to your ascendant. And it's moving into the house of long-distance travel, of, of belief system, of orthodox learning, of where you may be uh, really 
committing to a teacher, committing to a, 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 a course of study, I guess I will say. Excuse me. This could be a time where you're starting to really question your belief systems and letting go of some that aren't serving you, but also strengthening the ones that are really your support system. If we look at the aspects that it's making, it is in opposition to the third house, which is related to our, our, our daily routines, our daily habits, or could be challenges with the extended parts of your family. Uh, you could be dealing with um, a, again, the, the system of knowledge that is coming from a higher authority or a higher power could be in conflict with your own intuitive understanding of something that arises from within. So that's one thing to, to consider. It is also going to be squaring your sixth house, okay, of all of the things we talked about with the sixth house with like hard work, injury, and illness. There could be a health issue that potentially comes up with this. Um, it's going to be squaring your 12th house of secret enemies of like your subconscious of self undoing. Be careful not to become your own worst enemy with this, with, with Saturn and the overcoming square. There may be some long distance journeys that you need to take that make it hard for you to go off on your own in solitude and uh, make it difficult for you to um, get a sense of peace and rest. I think of the 12th house as a place of rest also, where maybe it's, in, it's a forced rest. Maybe you're having to, to really evaluate how you move through the world and what brings you meaning. And, and you may have to think about how you, how you show up versus how you retreat in the world. Um, some support things, it's going to be trining your natal ascendant and your fifth house. So it could, having a sense of purpose can lead to creative revelations and uh, being able to do some things that are, uh, uh, the best artists, I think, channel the divine and become vehicles and craft divine essence into form. So that might be something to try as a Cancer rising. And it also, when you find a, a spiritual sense of purpose, uh, that can really help you be more secure in, in who you are and how you show up in the world and how you nurture others as well as a Cancer rising. Okay. And you may, this may be a period of time where you're evaluating why you do what you do publicly so that once Saturn moves into your 10th house, you'll be able to concretize some kind of professional experience or public experience. So when we go to Gemini rising, here we have another angular placement. Uh, we have Saturn making an opposition to the fourth, making a square to the first, and a square to the seventh. So Saturn is going to, like I said, it's going to um, give you a reality check about how you, the narrative that you tell yourself about your public life, the action that you take in the world. You probably want to find a sense of meaning in the work that you do. There could be some endings in your job. There could be something where you're just like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm ready to go off and find a new journey. That could be really confusing for your sense of self. 
Um, Gemini also, you know, generally has a, a flexibility in the sense of self with their Gemini rising. So this could also be something where you're like, uh, I, I, now who am I? If I'm not defining myself with this particular job, who am I now? Um, it could also put some pressure on your relationships uh, with the square to the seventh house and to your family. Like you're sometimes when we leave uh, a professional position, we we have less resources to work with, and that can make it more difficult to to take care of our family responsibilities. So that could be something that could be challenging, also. Now, what kind of gifts might you be able to experience with Saturn making positive aspects? Well, it is going to be trying your sixth house and your second house. Maybe by getting real in your job, you are and working hard. Sixth house, second house, you're able to increase your financial prosperity. You're able to bring a dream, a professional dream into reality. You're able to bring something into fruition uh, while simultaneously releasing a, uh, an illusion potentially that you might have had about what is or is not possible. So, Gemini rising. I'm sorry to go too fast through these. If you have questions, stick them in the chat there. Um, looking through the chat here. Uh, it is unhealthy, honestly, to hide them. I mean, your feelings. You do what you need to. Thank you, friend. Um, sending you love. Uh, I have lost my father, too, and he was my family. When he left me, I lost my family, and even though I'm so blessed and tormented with the family I'm left with. Oh, sorry, Ace Creations. My dad's still around. Uh, my mom passed, but... Um, I'm just feeling the feelings of gratitude for him. And, and uh, yeah, again, losing my mom has made me really appreciate the, the parent I do have and uh, make sure that I say it. Because sometimes sons and fathers, the communication that you have with them is, it's hard to express emotions sometimes of a certain, men of a certain generation or aren't as comfortable expressing their feelings and um i've had to become much clearer about just being like yeah i love you dad you know <laughs> like and i think he's probably getting better about saying those words too and um th those are some of the silver linings to some of these these losses uh claire says yes makes your question your expectations from relationships this is my second saturn return my last return my career goals we're put on hold to support my partners. I refuse to let that happen this time. Well, what I will say, Claire, I think that Saturn and Pisces, it's going to require you to be flexible, though. I will say that. Remember what I said in the beginning. Sometimes the divine has a plan that is different than your plan. And I think that it's really going to be a test of faith. So instead of dictating what is or isn't going to happen with this Saturn return, Allow yourself to be led, I think, is another thing that is important with this Saturn and Pisces. But you have to know that you have to have healthy boundaries. So if you find that you have a healthy boundary, and that's going to be important, but but don't don't discard that this is a yin sign, and Saturn is going to lead you to your highest truth, maybe through some suffering. But it, again, we need to adapt on this on this level. Kate says, I think our personal stories, Spencer, as humans and astrologers will entwine with how we navigate. Thank you for being a good mentor. Well, thank you, Kate. I, I, if nothing else, I try to be 
as authentic as I can, being in a public position where I'm still trying to create peace and harmony. I think sometimes I will tr I will try to mm, guide a discussion towards peace, um, and I will save some of my greater grievances for just m my more personal uh, friends and family. <laughs> like, um, but I do think like expressing a, a shared sadness and a sorrow can be healing and can be, again, I don't plan for this. I don't write down on my agenda, I'm going to cry today. <laughs> like it just, sometimes it just happens. And uh, you just roll with it. That's what we're doing here. We're adjusting the circumstance. But yes, I, I believe in sharing the stories. When you connect the stories to the astrology, then it becomes something that you're living through rather than this amorphous, rationalized intellectual experience. It becomes uh, grounded. It becomes something that you can use or that, that you learn from or that is enlightening or however you want to describe it. Rachel says, you're among friends, Spencer. It's very healthy to be able to feel and be real about it. You talk about your dad with so much love, and I'm glad that you have had that experience. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. And I, and again, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have at least one parent who was a really supportive person. My dad's not perfect. He's he's a Scorpio moon, so there's there's some... We, we have some challenges every once in a while, but, but on the whole, I think I can say that the essence of my dad is a, is he is a caring and loving person. And that at the end of the day, despite his flaws, he, he really does try his best to make everybody happy. Sometimes that's the problem, but I would rather have someone trying too hard to make people happy than someone who is a selfish prick that, that wasn't. And yeah, my mom's family really, really was the polar opposite to my dad's. It's it's really funny how to how some of that works out. But again, if you have family members like that, they are teachers for you. And just like I had to choose which example I was going to follow in the footsteps of, you also get to choose whether the the negative, toxic people in your life, whether you follow that example or whether you follow the example of the people that you look up to. And you always have a, the opportunity to change your mind if you, see, if you recognize that you're heading down the same toxic path. I recognized early on in my parenthood that I, I might have been starting to head down the toxic path of my mother where I felt an urge to escape my responsibilities. And I had to really, I had to really check myself. And, and, and I, honestly, I had a really difficult conversation with my mom who was like, don't do what I did. Don't do it, buddy. You'll regret it. And you, you live that. You experience that. Don't do that. Don't be that person. And that was a real wake-up call. And I wasn't a perfect parent, and I didn't always do the right thing. But I tried to be present. And I think that I hope my daughter appreciates that. And I think she's doing, I think she's doing okay. Um, continuing to look at the chat, Rachel says, Cancer rising, so excited to be in the ninth now and invest more in my astrological education. Yeah, Rachel, it's, it's definitely a time to concretize your knowledge with Saturn moving through the ninth house. I, I wholly support that, that mission. And thank you, Rachel, for your, your support of the channel and of, of my partner's work as well. I appreciate you. Uh, the other Rachel, we got so many Rachels here, I can't even keep them all straight. Delighted that the eighth house is done. A big disappointment, but learning 
to be much more independent and not dependent on the support and approval of others to live my dreams. Amen, Rachel. I think that's going to be a big theme for um, for myself as a as a Leo rising with Saturn moving through the eighth house. Uh, we all have blind spots when it comes to either feelings of personal sovereignty and how we either rely on other people for approval and whatnot. And I think that that's really great to see that that example um, that you're sharing as well. Um, let's see. I'm just so many chats here. Julene says, I appreciate the vulnerability. Thank you. My bio sister was a Pisces rising. She lost her battle with breast cancer last Friday. Oh, I'm sorry, Julene. Hugs to you. Totally understand the emotion. It's really Saturn and Pisces, man. I've just been really feeling the feels this week. <laughs> it just, it just, the feeling has come back like a tidal wave, you know? So I, yeah, I, and I, I'm so sorry to hear about your, um, your sister as well know how tough that is and just i guess we'll just give ourselves the space to feel those feelings jody says i appreciate saturn he wants to teach us and give us structure and form to things that we need he is an elder and wants to use our time wisely he ensures our soul commitment yeah those are wise observations jody i, I do think that that he's a tough teacher you know but at the end of the day there's definitely wisdom that is gained from it again Sometimes that wisdom is gained through suffering. So I don't want to whitewash Saturn <laughs> to the point where we're not not experiencing some some of the most difficult parts of being a human being. Um, but again, there's there's wisdom that we can take from that experience, I think, for sure. Kate says, Spencer, as a Leo rising myself, the courage you demonstrate in a public forum is admirable. You are the design of how I hope to meet the world. Well, I appreciate that, Kate. You can do it. All right? Like, I think that Authenticity is the hard one um, gift of being of Leo placements in general. Is how can you be the same person inside that you are externally? How do you make those two things meet more in the middle? And yes, I would say even myself, I have a cultivated um, public persona. But I think that in these lives, as we get longer and longer. <laughs> when I get tired and the, the filters come down, you get to see more and more of who I am behind the curtain, I think. And I've learned to be okay with that. And uh, so I, if that's inspiring to you to be the same, and it's a lot less work to just be yourself than it is to try to cultivate only the best part of yourself publicly. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I was really tired this week and I was like, I don't know if I want to do a live stream. But I but but then when you show up and you you do it, you have these magical connections with people and you realize that you don't always have to be perfect or at your best or at your shining Leo best to to do something meaningful and to, and to cultivate uh, meaningful connections with people. And that's a really wise lesson of Saturn and Pisces, too. Sometimes Saturn and Pisces is messy ugly it's it's the ugly cry on the floor you know what i mean i saw my friend adam doing a saturn pisces thing recently and he was like i just woke up with bedhead it's he's like it's messy you know like i and i think that being okay with that is part of the journey here whether it's the mess of your emotions physical appearance um just just knowing that the dream is has some some dirt to it 
like this is again for those of you who weren't here earlier i dropped my my leftovers on the floor yesterday uh, when i was really 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 hungry and really like going to the food to like make me feel better and i and i was like screw it if there's a little bit of cat hair in this i'm just gonna eat it anyway that's pisces saturday pisces like you're gonna consume some of the dirt on the floor with the sustenance as well <laughs> so um and i'm sorry if some of you my virgo audience is grossed out by that you know rest assured i i put it in the the pan and cooked the hell out of it before i ate it so hopefully i won't get sick from that um taria t is here it says cancer rising Aquarius stellium in the eighth, also the sun. I started really studying astrology in 2019. That changed a lot in my life transformation. Okay, so you had some uh, Saturn placements uh, moving through, um, moving through the the learning process with the eighth house, right? Uh, okay. Let's see. Jody also says Saturn wants us to cultivate skills and tools so we can do whatever our soul came here to do. He is concerned with growth. Yeah. Yeah, I, I maybe. Um, I think that Saturn. I can't speak for Saturn, <laughs> although I'm trying to channel some of his messages. Um, I think Saturn asks us to get real, and it, again, it is just as much about endings and loss as it is about maturation and growth. Uh, I think that it's both. It, it, if I had to, if I had to really think about. The essence of Saturn, it is equilibrium. It is balance. How do we, we're going to lose some things that are, that may be excessive in our life, and we're going to probably gain some things that we need to, to bring ourselves back to center. Um, okay. All right. I'm just looking for any more questions here. Um, Mimoa is here. This is a new name. One should always have a clear picture of their own Saturn and how they express this energy to gain perspective on how Saturn transit may look. Okay. Uh, yes, I agree. Um, Claire says, Spencer, my experience was the opposite. My mom became a single parent of sorts and be, being a live-in caregiver while I was still living at home. Okay, so you had the opposite parent that became the, the single parent type of thing. Um, yeah, there's there's all sorts of manifestations for how it can work out, isn't it? Um, Kate says, Saturn Return was bringing home twins and bio dad walking in front of a train. Oh, my goodness. Not sure I got wiser. Thanks, Saturn, but certainly aged. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we were to... Uh, Jody, I love you, and you're so optimistic and positive, and you're... Bless your Sagittarian heart. Um, and this is not meant to, like, invalidate what you are trying to tell us about Saturn, because I think it is also true. But I do think it is important to recognize that Saturn really can bring us some really fucking difficult experiences that are painful, where there's not always a lesson in it. There's just something that sucks. <laughs> and that's liberating, because then we don't have to try to find some fucking silver lining in everything. I mean, that's the thing that's exhausting to me. Sometimes there's just misfortune. And yes, you could say, well, you get stronger from it. And I, 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 yes, yes, on some level. But sometimes what someone needs to hear, a client, a friend, or otherwise is, you know what, that sounds really hard. And that sounds like that really sucked. I'm sorry that happened to you, you know, or wow, I see you. 
not what did you learn from it? Did you become a better person because of literally this person's dad walking in front of a train? I mean, I don't mean to laugh here. That that is horrific, Kate. Horrific. And there's nothing that we could say that would take away the pain of that experience. Do you see what I'm saying? And this is another like Saturn and Pisces reality moment, I think. But again, Jody, love you. You're you're you have such a kind heart, and I know that you want to us to see the bright side of this, and and we need folks like you to to help us with the bright side sometimes. Uh, Chally says I have a Virgo moon rising, and I will drop my food on the ground all day and still eat it <laughs> as far as germaphobe as that's possible. Well, good. I'm glad I didn't offend anybody with my floor five second rule. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to talk about the 11th house. I know that there was someone who was really interested in the 11th house and they're, maybe they've had time to go eat their meal and come back by the time we've done this. We're getting towards hour three. Um, so this is probably the time where we start should, rounding towards home. Yeah. And Don, Don says, Rachel says, agree with tough Saturn transits. I feel enough just to let it suck and then be able to let it go. Yeah. Amen to that, Rachel. Don says, I don't think that there is a silver lining necessarily, just an eye-opener that everyone goes through some terrible stuff and they didn't handle it right, but I'm going to choose to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, that's those are healthy perspectives, okay? Like having a healthy perspective on your suffering, I'm never going to like fault anybody for that. But what I do, what I do think is sometimes can be um, unproductive is whitewashing of someone's suffering that that's something that we do in the in the new age community that i actually don't think is a service to, to folks i think that that is something that can can really invalidate someone's actual lived experience and we want to be really careful of that and i don't think i don't think people do that intentionally i don't think that anyone who's trying to find a silver lining is is intentionally trying to invalidate someone's experience they're actually trying to help but, but again we we sometimes we all have blind spots with this and our perspective on the world can be very different uh, from someone else's. But again, if you have strong Jupiterian placements, finding hope and finding the optimism to carry on is a beautiful gift. And don't ever lose that because we need folks like you. Just as much as we need the heavy Saturn placement people that are like, mm, I don't know about that. We need both of those people in the world. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. Um... Let's go on to the 11th house. And I'm sorry if I'm missing all of the amazing comments here, but we have to, we just have to kind of keep, keep on rolling. So Taurus rising. Oh my goodness. Taurus rising. Well, not only have you had Uranus just <laughs> completely blowing up your, <laughs> your first house. Um, now you, you've, you've had Saturn squared Uranus in your 10th and first house which has really brought some changes to the way that you express yourself publicly, but also who you are as a person. I'm thinking of some important Taurus risings in my life and how different they are um, from the beginning of that Uranus transit, but also from the beginning of the Saturn moving from their 10th house and how they became maybe just a little bit more real about who they were and, and how they presented themselves to the world. Okay. Uh, and now Saturn moving through Pisces in the 11th house is probably going to 
change or bring a reality check to the people that you surround yourself with? What are your ideals like with the people that you share those ideals with? It might remove you from a group that you've been a part of for a long period of time. And that could feel really disorientating. I think that's one word I think it's important for the first 10 degrees of Saturn and Pisces is there's a disorientation phase, right? Where we're just like confused and like, holy shit, I don't know what is up and what is down anymore. What I thought was real wasn't and what I thought uh, was imaginary is becoming real. Okay. <laughs> like so, um, so again, take stock of the people that you and the belief systems that you share. If there's a group that you're a part of that, that just doesn't resonate with who you are as a person now, maybe you need to find a new friend group. Um, it's okay to change as an individual. Like as a Taurus rising, you're changing as an individual. Okay. You, you've gone through major changes to your own personality. And that may change the type of people that you resonate with uh, as a group as well. Again, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that you are responding to the needs of the moment and your own needs as you change as a person. Change isn't easy for Taurus risings or Taurus people in general. Um, but now I think that there's a, a responsibility to the group that you have. Maybe also Saturn can concretize your feelings of altruism. Maybe you feel inspired to take on responsibility towards altruistic ends. That could also make it difficult to do something personally creative because you have responsibilities to a group. Um, it could also make it challenging to with shared resources with other people. Um, and it would also maybe put some challenges on your own finances. Now Saturn is in the overcoming square to your second house. Maybe your relationship to your community has changed and that changes the way that you are supported. If you have a job that supports you through your community, um, the changes that are inherent that may be changing within you through Uranus's transit through the first, there may be some, uh, some lack that comes from that. There may be some challenges about your own resources and support system because of those changes. And that's okay too. Again, sometimes we have resources and sometimes we don't. And feelings of uh, expectation, that's what is really getting shattered with some of these is we're shattering unrealistic expectations. And just because we were supported in the past by something does not mean that we will be supported by that in the future. And it, it, it may not even be through any fault of your own. It just may be the passage of time that's happening. Now, what advantages might we find with the 11th house Saturn? Well, it is making a trine to the third house and a trine to the seventh house. Maybe if you find a new supportive community, um, a new vision, that can really, uh, you can find a partner that would, would be uh, more in alignment with you. Or it could help a current relationship that you're moving through. Sometimes just finding a new supportive community, doing something for the good of the whole rather than just for the self can feel really good. And that makes us more attractive to other people as well. Service can be really attractive. Uh, it could also lead to a new period of learning with a, a trying to the third house. Maybe you, you join a study group or something like that that really challenges you to, to um, be accountable to your learning. I know that's one of the things that I talk about with my book club or my guided group study. It's like 
we are accountability partners for one another. And I, I become an accountability partner as, as the facilitator of that group, but we hold each other accountable because we want to be able to share the knowledge and work it out together. I've had some really nice experiences with my guided group study group working on some difficult material. We, we were breaking down um, Demetra George's examination of uh, Lord of the Nativity and the Predominator. And it's a technique that, that has, you know, five or six different ancient authors saying five or six different things and working through it together and holding each other accountable and, and contributing to one another was really a beautiful uh, experience and helped us work through some challenging material together. Okay. So let's finish this up with Saturn moving through the 12th house. And I'll keep an eye on the chat here. I'll, I'll, I'll go back through the chat um, and read your comments and questions as, after I get through with this one. Okay. Um, so now Saturn is out of the 11th house and moving into the house that can really be about isolation, uh, that can be about solitude. Sometimes it's hidden fears. Uh, I, I've had some people in my life who've gone through some some Saturn in the 12th house experiences where they really had some difficulties um, being public or like uh, being in crowds or things of that nature. So a, a desire to retreat into solitude may, may come up with Saturn in the 12th house. So again, that's in the overcoming square to the third house. So if you, you may not want to be a part of your local community or something like that, there's a desire to disappear when Saturn moves into the 12th and go off on your own journey. But it can also bring you some, some really amazing dreams. Uh, it can help you to understand how to work through your own suffering or things that have been disappointments in the world. It's sort of a, a cleansing period so that you can be reborn when Saturn comes into your first house and asks you, this is Aries rising, and asks you to reevaluate how you move through the world. It's, it's kind of completion of some old karma. It's completion of some old situations, uh, releasing illusions and releasing potentially releasing ways that you might self-sabotage. Oftentimes, you know, when we have major planets in the 12th house, it, those planets are going through a cleansing. They're going through a rebalancing. They're, they're going through, through the experience of suffering, solitude, loss, um, dream, meditation. We are bringing, we are reducing that which may be excessive in that planet and, and increasing that which is lacking so that eventually when it moves into the first, we can utilize it in an angular house uh, to the best of our capabilities, hopefully. And there also might be some tension with your belief systems when you have uh, Saturn moving through the 12th house. And of course, it could, if you are, um, there could be some health challenges as well. It could be some things where you may not feel like grinding or working yourself into a, a you know dust anymore you maybe like i've had enough it's time for me to rest or you may have a, a forced period of rest where you know maybe you've been working so hard in that group setting that it's time for you to just take a time out and saturn says it's non-negotiable it's time to rest there will be a circumstance i will create where you are going to have to take a time out okay and that could be a challenge as well. So what are some of the advantages then? 
Well, Saturn will be making a trine to the fourth house and a trine to the eighth house. So through that rest, through that solitude, maybe you are able to reconnect with your roots, re reconnect with your family. Maybe you are able to uh, find a way to deal with some of your repressed fears that could be represented by the eighth house. Maybe you're able to deal with some situations that you haven't dealt with after the completion of something painful, potentially. Okay, maybe you're able to deal with like a, a, a legacy situation. Okay, um, so that is Saturn through the houses. So I hope that that was helpful for you, friends. What I'm going to do now is I am going to stop my share. I'm going to take a look through the chat here. We are heading through three hours, which is a long time. So I'm going to read your chats. First of all, I'm going to stretch, and then we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. What do you say? Thank you so much, friends, for being here today. I'm going to stretch my legs, and then I will finish up the chat. If you have any questions about what we've talked about here today, put them in the chat. I'll spend, I'll spend some more, a little bit more time with you here today, because why not? I don't know what else I have to do. Just pet the cats, stare out the window, and shovel some snow. <laughs> it snowed again. So, uh, the Midwest. This is the never-ending winter of the Midwest. This is what we affectionately call second winter. <laughs> or, or we had fake spring a little while ago, and now we're in second winter. It's sort of like second breakfast with the hobbits. All right. Y'all hanging in? So I'm going to go back through the chat, and I'm probably going to be behind by a few minutes, so just forgive me if your comment was uh, uh, some time ago, and we're referring to things that we talked about in the past. I'm just looking through. That's my, like, singing, singing a song for you. Uh... Don says, oh yeah, we where were we talking, we were back to the point where we were talking about, do we need a silver lining with Saturn? Not always, right? But it's, it's nice if you can have, re retain your optimism through it. Okay, Sundancer says, yeah, natal Saturn in the 12th house, early Gemini, breaking free from my self-imposed prison at the moment. That's a really great way to utilize a 12th house Saturn is yes, we, there are certain narratives that we tell ourselves that are keeping us in our own created prisons. And Saturn in Pisces is going to help us to come face to face with those things and hopefully create a, a healthier relationship to our own dream state, right? To the own stories in, that we tell ourselves. So good call, Sundancer. Uh, Don Fisher says, true story. We do have to sit with and process it. It's hard as hell. Yes, with, with Saturn, for sure. And thank you for the super chat, Rachel. Appreciate you. Says, thank you, Spencer. I really appreciate this talk. Keep the lights on. Yeah, I'll go get something to eat after this. Yes, I'm going to need some food. <laughs> like, so I'm going through uh, these wonderful comments. So there's other people that are living by the five-second rule. Good. Uh, Kate says, 11th house Pisces, don't go joining any religious cults. Yes, that's good advice, Kate. Um, ask questions, like really, really get real about the groups that you're 
participating in. I think that's really good advice. Uh, Saturn tries to, I think, see through the bullshit on some level. So try not to get involved in a group with, with Saturn and Pisces that could create responsibilities for you um, that may be based on an illusion. So be very careful with that. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Uh, more five-second rulers. Okay. <laughs> well, Nanda Devi says, but you could see the cult aspect before joining, right? Well, I'll tell you what. Nanda, I'll tell Nanda Devi, I'll tell you this. There are plenty of people who see things coming in their chart and still do it anyway. <laughs> like, so, but it's good advice, but sometimes we have to trust the astrology. We have Sometimes we want something so bad that we're just like, eh, maybe it won't be so bad that it is. And then you're like, oh, I should have listened to the astrology, right? Okay. So Beth is missing the group. We miss you too, Beth. You are such a good contributor and communicator within the group. I hope that we see you in the springtime for um, the flowering wand. Uh, Kate says, probably not. It's cool if it's magical, though. If it's Pisces, okay, I'm just kind of going through these. Um, lots of good conversation between people in the chat, too. Um, Pisces and Saturn definitely make me think of brotherhoods you see in ancient texts, maybe secret ones. Yes, that could be a manifestation of the 11th house Saturn as joining a secret society. <laughs> like, just again, be careful, like, you know, vet, vet it first. Uh, yes, Charlie, you'll have to rewind for Virgo. Virgo is, uh, it's, it's probably an hour ago. <laughs> like, um, Jody says, me too, for Capricorn, I was driving home from work. Well, Jody, you missed the part where I rained on your Sagittarian parade. <laughs> With love, of course. Uh, maybe it was good that you didn't hear that part. Um, I was, I was, hopefully I was kind and that you didn't feel too demoralized by it. Again, I was, you know, I love your optimism and don't ever lose that, please. Uh, Chaley says, I have Pisces, Sun, Venus, Lilith, and Descendant. How many, how may this transit affect me, please? Pisces is my sixth and seventh house. Well, Chaley, um, Haley, uh, let's see. To know how it's going to affect you, you know, specifically and, and personally, I'd have to know all of the things in your chart and you'd have to get a reading to, to really for me to like unpack all of that. But when you have all of that stack up, and really the one things that I'm really focusing on is Sun, Venus, Descendant, Pisces. Uh, now, if you have Sun, Venus, is this, are you a, if you have Pisces in the sixth and seventh houses, where is, um, what is your whole sign rising sign? Uh, I just have to think about this real quick. Um, that would make, Aries, your seventh house, uh, and you'll be a Libra rising. Okay. Um, well, when we have the Sun-Saturn conjunction, I'll just I'll just focus on that. If go back and listen to the Sun in the sixth house, or I'm sorry, the Saturn in the sixth house, on how you're probably going to have to deal with some getting healthy, uh, your sense of self, and how you show up in the world, and you may have to get real about the responsibilities that you take on where that make you feel imprisoned or that make you feel like you're doing a whole bunch of work for not a lot of credit. Um, just be very careful who you choose to sacrifice your energy for. I guess that would be my main advice for that. But 
Um, I hope that's helpful for you. Uh, Kate says, do you have any overall Saturn in Pisces themes you've talked about with astrology friends? Anything pertaining to the practices of faith or astrology itself? I have to think about that. I've had those I've had those those meditations myself um, with astrology friends. Mm, nothing that comes to mind, particularly. Uh, what I will say, just in, from my own experience, is that being a very, I would say, Virgo, Gemini, Mercury heavy person, I have Venus and Gemini, and that that Virgo stellium. My, my ascendance in the bounds of Mercury. This energy is a little bit challenging for me because what it does is it requires me to um, really question my methods. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big method person, and it's really saying, okay, how about essence? Maybe you don't need to do things the same way all the time with the same amount of detail and things like that, maybe is that really getting you to your goal? I think Ju Jupiter is also goal orientated, just like Sagittarius is. We're trying to get to balance. Overall, Sagittarius is the last sign before the winter solstice. We're trying to come to completion for a rebirth of the solar year. Pisces is the last sign before the spring equinox. So think about how Pisces is more about letting go to return to balance. And that can lead to a new start. So I, I really think there's a release quality with Pisces about less is more, you know, and how that can lead to our willpower being a liberated, passionate fire energy that will allow us to exert our will and control our will with personal sovereignty. So I, I my own meditation is that I'm trying to figure out how to do less thinking and more essence work. And I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep you updated. I hope that helps, Kate. And thank you so much for these super chats coming in. Yeah, th this is really helpful, the super chats. Um, there's a little dollar sign in the chat that, that it literally helps me keep the lights on. And these donations today are, are most of them are going to be going towards a fund to help fund a backup generator for our house, which are not cheap. Jeez. And everyone's like, buy an expensive Honda one. It's like, they're like three to five to $10,000, <laughs> depending on what you get. They're very expensive. Um, but I appreciate all the donations today. And it, it really does help. And it, it's it's a little, I don't know, my tourist moon is like, oh, that's a little validation for the time I've invested. So it, it, it is nice. I really appreciate that. Uh, Tarya T says, thanks again. I joined late. I will listen to the recording later. Well, thank you for stopping by. Um, Momoa says, how does Saturn and Pisces in the last uh, tie in with last year's Jupiter-Neptune conjunction? Well, I think that the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction was in the, the, the later degrees of Pisces. So I think that we'll see more of those themes concretize as we see the Saturn move through the Saturn, move through the final degrees of Pisces where the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction took place. So there may be a reality check with the dream that you may have manifested around that period of time. I know for me, like the that period of time was related to purchasing this home. Um, so there maybe I'll keep my eyes out for, you know, challenging circumstances around our home. Knock on wood. Hopefully it's not too too bad. <laughs> like, but yeah, just just think about that that there will be some kind of 
um, reality check potentially around that Jupiter Neptune conjunction of degrees, which honestly doesn't happen for another couple years. So you've got time to figure it out. Uh, Jody says the guided study book, guided group study book is really great. So much learning there and wonderful people. Spencer's beautiful teaching technique. Join if you can. Yes, thank you, Jody. And you, you've been doing so great in that group too. And, and like I said, I just really appreciate your your enthusiasm and your 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 good heart. Uh, Don says, love y'all. Got to run. Training a new guy. Okay. Uh, y'all have a good March. Balance as possible. Yes. Well, thanks for joining and your contributions today, uh, Don. I appreciate you. Um, Nanda Devi is saying, yes, I second Jody. The book club is amazing. Yes, you are doing great in book club. Also, Nanda Devi, so many good observations. And everyone's really, um, they've been really sharing their own vulnerabilities to help us learn. We've been using each other's charts to learn these techniques in the book. And I'm really so grateful that the people who are participating are allowing us uh, a look into their lives to be able to parse out some of these astrological techniques. So really, really excited about that. Um, Mimoa says, thank you for taking the time to spend with your viewers. Yes. Well, I, I just, I love all of you. I, I, I have Venus in the 11th house in Gemini. You all are family to me. And, uh, I try my best to, to create a safe space for you and to show up and spend time with you. To me, time is my most valuable resource. So, um, if I, if I don't like you, I'm not going to spend time with you, <laughs> but I love all of you. So uh, you make it easy for me to spend time with you uh, by just your kindness and your, your intelligence and your excellent questions. Sundancer says, thanks for your time, Spencer. I just found you through Adam. My cancer moon adores cancer men. Well, I'm glad that I can bring some of that cancer juice to the table here. <laughs> like, and hopefully I, I am, uh, I don't know bring in the bring in the pinchers <laughs> i don't know what i'm bringing the 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 warmth the the vulnerability the the, the crying <laughs> maybe maybe that works for you so i'm glad you're here friend and thank you so much for your donation uh julene is seconding the five second rule but then again i know my floors are clean <laughs> virgo's still even the fifth yes okay good good point if you you got to know what you're what you're what you're eating there um blossom says i love the elevator tune yes th that is my elevator music mm, do, do, do. i'm thinking i am reading your comments do, 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 do. uh yes Hey, Nancy, thank you for your super chat. Happy Saturn in Pisces. Thank you for a great Friday chat. Thank you, friend. Rachel says, I always have a re-listen. There's so much value here, Spencer. Well, thank you, friend. Um, and hey, Nancy says, Spencer does amazing readings. Well, I really enjoyed connecting with you, Nancy, in our reading. So thank you for the, the recommendation. It was a, we had a really nice chat. Julene, thank you for the super sticker. Uh, thank you for your time. She says, appreciate the work. Three hours, get some rest. Yes, we'll, we'll be wrapping this up soon. Um, yes. Okay. Friends, I think that is what I've got for you today. I'm going to repeat the, the, the animal and the, and the I Ching that I talked about with Shu Yap, which you should, if you want an even further in-depth look at Saturn and Pisces and, and her wonderful observations, she is an amazing astrologer and person and friend. Um, check her out at Inner Cycle Astrology on YouTube. She's an Australian astrologer who does really fantastic work. Um, really, really love her and the work that she does. So I, I 
talked about this with her, but let's talk about it again. Thank you, Beth, for the super sticker. Appreciate you. I got hexagram number 52, which uh, is, is translates to keeping still, the mountain, restraint, being quiet, attaining inner peace, enduring, taking one step or one day at a time. That's great advice. I, I think part of the essence of, of Saturn and Pisces, I always ask, what is the essence of this new moon or full moon? What is the essence of Saturn and Pisces this time around? So again, yes, sometimes less is more. Sometimes attaining that stillness. This is one uh, observation that I want to make. When we think about water, think about Earth in water, right? Like Saturn is kind of an earthy planet, I think, on some level, in some forms. Uh, we, if we stir things up, if we're constantly moving, agitating, the, mud, the, the water gets muddy. When we relax, when we calm our mind, when we are still, that silt naturally settles and the water becomes clear. And I think this is really, really the message of Saturn in Pisces, is how can we attain the stillness that allows the, the messy parts of our life to settle so that we can regain clarity about what's important in our life. All of us live in, in agitated waters on some level. So how can we commit to stillness during this period of time to be able to get, get that clear, clear water once again? There's one changing line. It says, line number five, he keeps his jaw still. His words have order, regrets vanish. Vanish, regrets vanish. So I wrote down in my notes, I said, learning to be, the con I, or the consequences of social media, <laughs> so much chatter, <laughs> like maybe taking a social media fast around this period of time could be helpful. Uh, learning to embrace the silence, the sound of silence, right? Which was a song that came out uh, uh, during Saturn and Pisces in the 60s. Uh, the power of stillness, retreating from striving. This is an important lesson in the Tao. And in the I Ching, striving is just trying to push your agenda when sometimes going with the flow of your life is it can bring better uh, outcomes. Um, composing ourselves, allowing ourselves just to exist, right? In this modern age, we always feel like we have to do something. We have to be something. If we, if we don't put out something on social media, if we don't if we don't trumpet our own horn loud enough, we'll just be forgotten in the sea of noise. And that's not always true, friends. And, and this is a lesson for myself, too. I, I, I try to keep up with things, but sometimes we do need that space and that silence to, to really create quality over quantity. That's something that I would, I would say is important for Pisces as well. What is the quality of the work that you're doing? What is the quality of your presence? And sometimes it's, it requires a, a period of retreat before you can have a quality showing up. Uh, I wrote down, talk sparingly. Consider before you communicate. Consider your words before you speak. My dad always told me, think before you speak, um, which makes me a little bit of a slower communicator, but I think that it helps me to measure my words uh, so that the effect that they have on people will be hopefully helpful or that I will have clarity in what I'm saying rather than just firing off the first thing that comes into my brain, which I used to do as a little kid. Uh, feelings can affect your words. We've, we've seen today that sometimes uh, a story or a communication has to go through layers of emotion. And I think allowing ourselves those feelings um, is important. As we've said today, as, 
as all of you have so generously held space for for me and my story when I was feeling emotional uh, in a period of gratitude, really. I mean, that that emotional breakdown today was just feeling grateful for the people in my life. It's okay to feel your feelings. They're based on gratitude, sadness. All of it is mixed up in that great cosmic soup. Maintain your calm and center yourself. Choose the words carefully. Avoid getting uh, worked up emotionally. Remember, we've got to let the, the silt settle. Embrace silence first. Know when to speak, when not to. Um, outspoken negative comments can be destructive to your cause is another thing that I wrote down. And this is changing to number 53, which is called developing gradually, gradual advance, slow, steady development, progress, step-by-step, -step, faithfulness, persistence. Saturn never get, reveals its secrets overnight. It requires commitment. It requires you to show up one day and then show up again. One emotional uh, expression is not going to heal years and years and years and years of trauma. Continually showing up, being emotionally present, uh, is over time will create healing. And the pain will get a little bit less and less, potentially. Um, you'll have more and more wisdom that you've gained from it. And eventually the, the healing takes place. The wound doesn't heal overnight, but allowing yourself the, the cleansing catharsis uh, can really be beneficial. The animal I got for you was the woodpecker. So this talks about new rhythms. Attention to details, because maybe the details could get overlooked with a Pisces placement. Flowing with natural rhythm. Um, finding an alternative way to solve a problem. That's oftentimes a Piscean energy is if the work, first thing doesn't work out, hold back, get still, and then spill around the obstacle. Do you see what I'm saying? Gain resources through time, gain support, gain wisdom, gain skills, and then you'll naturally just spill around that obstacle. Uh, this might be a time to revisit some kind of old project, some old dead wood, connecting with your core self. In my, in my case, that guitar has been sitting over in the corner for a long time. might be a time to revisit some of that creativity. It's not dead, it's just dormant, right? And maybe there's something in your life that brought you meaning and purpose that you've strayed away from naturally in your life. It, there's no shame in it. It's just sometimes life takes us on detours. And how can you reconnect with that through your own rhythm, through your own drumming, through your own creative process? So that is what I have for you today. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today, for choosing to spend your afternoon with me. It is an honor to be of service to you. It is an honor that in this climate of constantly competing for attention that you will spend your afternoon and your day with me. And I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I really just so much appreciate all of your wisdom, your participation, your questions, your openness, and the, the ability to hold space for each other and for me. So thank you so much, friends, for this. Uh, we will continue to talk about Saturn and Pisces through our explorations, whether it's new moon, whether it's full moon, whether there's a new form that this channel takes as far as our regular scheduled programming. Who knows? Maybe I'll change my mind as to how we will do things here. But it will always have the core essence of trying to create community and of examining the stars and the myths and trying to uncover essence and create uh, a, a safe space for you to express who you truly are and for me to do the same. So 
Thank you, friends. Again, remember, it's important to be kind. Pisces is really about kindness, as is, I think, cancer on some level. It's really important for you to be kind to yourself during this period of time. Allow yourself to feel the feelings. Be kind to others. It's so much easier when you accept yourself to be able to accept others. And divine acceptance is part of this Piscean story. Okay, friends, that's what I've got for you today. Thank you so much for being here today. And I will see you the next time. Do me a favor, like the video, subscribe, sign up for the email list, sign up for a reading. Let's, let's connect on some level. Um, I just love getting to know you on personal levels as well. So thank you so much for being here today, friends. And I will see you the next time. Peace.